Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. Episode 50. 50. Five zero, Chris. Is it really 50? It is. This is this one. This I thought one. you t- said it was 52. Well, I mean, that would be the one year episode. This is just 50. Ooh. Um, I think we should celebrate. And how do we do that? Celebrate. I don't know that. that what is the song? <laughs> Remind me of the song, Good the celebration one. song. Um, Party up. Yeah. Gonna celebration. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, with cake. It's a that's the only way you can uh, party. That's what you told me. Yeah. Because I specifically sent you a text message. I was like, hey, episode 52, we got to do something big. And you're like, with a cake? Yeah. We, I was like, no, you said we should do something so. special. And I said, yeah, <laughs> like a cake. Like a cake. Like we'll get a cake. Because apparently that's the only we'll thing special. We'll get a sheet cake from Morris Bakery. That's what's going to happen mean, for 52, big 52, the one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary coming up. So our actual one-year anniversary, I looked it up today, the first episode that came out was November 4th Okay. of 2018. I think 50 is a bigger deal because it's like it's a round number. Right. Like and it's a milestone. Isn't that like a milestone in life when they give you like all black balloons and they're like, yeah, over the hill, dead. right? That's the over the hill Like this, party. Is, when, this is when you die. This is when you die. Everything, everything you know is dead. (laughs) That's really sad. Fifty episodes. That's crazy. I'm excited. um, Yeah. Every time. Proud. I feel. I sit back and I reflect, and I think, like, wow, we're doing something. (laughs) You know, it's all because of you, our listening audience. It is. It's only because of you, our listening audience. Because if we had literally nobody listening to this ever. We probably would have ended it by now. Eh, you I think don't know about that? I don't like think no so. one, like zero, like two or three. Would you still be doing this? Yeah, yeah, I'd do it. You think? I don't think so. I, I think, think you so. would be very discouraged. I would be discouraged, but I'd be trying to figure out a way to get more. But I'd still keep doing it. Okay, I think I believe that. So if you if you're excited about our fiftieth episode, I am, and you want us to do fifty more. I do. There's this little thing called Patreon. Can I subscribe to Patreon. it? Patreon.com slash Snarf Comics. Check it out. If can I become a patron? You can become a patron, a patron of the arts. What Jerry. would it cost me, Chris? It can cost you as little as $1 a month, or you can pay a little more. You can pay $5 and get extra bonus po- podcasts. You can pay wow. $10 and get t-shirts and bonus podcasts. You can pay $25 a month, and you can get a monthly subscription box yeah. that we curate just for you. What would be in that? Oh, all kinds of goodies. We could have comics. We could have Funko Pops. We could have letter openers. I like those. Maybe a switchblade. Oh, switchblades or swords. Anything that <laughs> anything that captures our fancy. Yeah. Maybe a flint. 
Like one of those flint, like camping yeah, flints. They're very handy. Yeah, well, I don't want people to die. I mean, if you're stranded in Alaska. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would highly recommend checking out uh, that and subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash snarfcomics. If you're listening right now, just go on there. Take two seconds to go on there right now, set up an account, yep. and just do like the $5 level. Right. It what, takes no what, time. $5 a month, Jerry. How? What do you waste $5 on? Well, I wasted... $12 at uh, the gas station this morning for no reason. Yeah. Um, that's like one see. Monster Energy a month. I gave $5. Actually, today, got a good deal. Um, guy at work had a uh, deep fryer, one of them big deep fryers. Like a turkey like, fryer? Yeah, one of those, an outdoor one, you know? Mm-hmm. So he gave me the, the big pot plus a smaller pot plus a screen thing. A whole jug of oil and the fryer thing for five bucks. Give him five bucks. He's wow. like, Yeah, I got it at a garage sale. Works perfect. He's like, I don't want it anymore. Oh, for five dollars. You, you could get a deep fryer or or a, more stuff. Yeah. From I mean you could get talk. all <laughs> kinds of extra content. Um we had um one out last week, I think it was out. Um that was what was that episode? The Patre- Patreon yeah. exclusive one? Um, what was that? What did we talk about? Uh, we did our, our superhero, uh, like, like special superhero powers. Oh yeah. We that's what we talked about. If we could have a superpower, what would it be? It was a great episode. Honestly, yeah. it was a really fun episode. The dude was on it. Dude was on. We're going to do more. We're going to do probably a couple of them a month. Um, um, bonus podcast. Jerry just unearthed our very first podcast that was unreleased. It's called Snarf Talk Origins. Yeah. So for a while it was um, in limbo. Yeah. I couldn't find the SD card. Lost it. And then I found it just on a whim. I don't know how. Like, I really don't know how it happened. I was in my office, scrounging around through things, and I saw this 16 gigabyte SD card. And you told me, you're like, I think it was 16 gigs. Yeah. So I found a 16 gig. Because I'm a 16 gig man. You are. Everything I buy, I buy in 16 gig. Really? Mine's all 32. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, 16's better than 32. Mm, I don't know. Not if you're trying to store more data. See, here's the deal. You're buying the cheap SD cards. That's why you get all the big data, the flashy data, but it's not quality data. Same exact company you bought yours from. Uh, but there's different grades of SD card. I don't know if you even know that. I didn't know that. No, I didn't <laughs> yeah, know that. There, right, there is. Really? And yeah, the write, the read and write speed is faster on the higher quality. All ones. mine is the micro SD that are way better. Well, they're even worse. So They're not. That's all you can get now. A 16 gig man. Okay, well, that 16 gig I found... <laughs> Put popped her in the old uh, Apple Think machine, and it gave me the files. And boy, are they a doozy! <laughs> they are <laughs> a doozy. It's gonna be interesting. It's there, the, there are periods that are deep. There are periods that are ve- there's very deep. Periods. Crazy. There's periods that are in a truck, intoxicated. <laughs> there's periods that are in vehicles. We're gonna like break it up yeah. over the next probably six months and release like a little bit. Like, yeah, because it's long, right? Yeah, there are multiple files that are relatively short, but then there's one file that's uh, like two and a half hours long. And uh, and P- this- Pagoda, Pagoda's involved. You'll hear him get wrecked. Yeah. I mean, he's something else. Um, what I will say is uh, this is the first time we ever recorded something. So it's actually, not, it's not. It's the second time. It is the second time, but it's the first time that we successfully recorded something after trying like three times. <laughs> right. Um, 
and I don't know. It's an experience to it's, listen to. Yeah, and the audio is not great because we were using a different kind of microphone, like a whole room microphone. Yeah, so but it, it adds to the experience. It does. It's going to be super cool. So if you want to get access to that, plus our other, um, our our Patreon podcasts are going to be like fun. Oh yeah, they're going to be not that our regular podcast isn't fun, but I just mean like we had that. They're no going to be a little. Bar. Yeah, they're going to be a little looser, a little loosey goosey. Yeah, they're going to be like when. Uh, the Undertaker threw mankind off the top of the cage, and Helen Sully fell sixteen feet into the announcer's That's right. table. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, It'd be nuts. So take the time right now. Stop what you're doing. Stop if you're driving in the middle of the interstate. Stop. Slam on your brakes. Stop <laughs> right immediately and in get the, on your phone in the left lane. Set up an account with Patreon.com with your email address. Whatever you need to do, yeah. Put your old tarjeta de crédito on there. That's credit card in Espanol. It is. Yeah. What's debit card? Uh, Tarjita de debito. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just say it backwards. That all works. No, that's tarjita. Tarjita is asphalt. <laughs> no, is card. Oh, okay. Day of today. <laughs> no. Day is of. Okay. Credito is credit. So tarjeta de credito I is understand. credit card. Tarjeta de debito is made up. Is definitely, <laughs> <laughs> is, is definitely made Or it's up. a little person named Debbie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> debito. Yo, Debito. Get come over here, here Come debito. here, little Debito. <laughs> That's a little I don't know what my accent was. Get over here, Debito. And? I don't know. What do you need? I am Debito. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Um, so sign up right now. Uh, Patreon.com slash Snarf Comics. Pledge us a buck or five bucks a month, a ten bucks a month, whatever. Just help us make this show and make more cool stuff for you. Right. Um, another thing we're going to start doing. We are? iTrees, uh, no. <laughs> that is not our company. iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. It was just aptly named, pun intended. Apple-y. Uh You can leave a review. You can. For this show. And if you do leave us a five-star review. Please. And then you send that review. I copy and paste it and email it to us at info at snarfcomics.com. Yep. We will read your review out loud on the show, give you a shout out, and we will send you a sticker. Make sure to include your address. Yes. Just like... Five-star uh, review equals sticker. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Jerry O'Connell, the actor of Note... Yeah, of note, Left everyone a, knows him. A review on our podcast on Apple Podcast app. If Jerry O'Connell can take it a step out of his busy actor life right. to leave us a review, guess what? You can. You can too. While you're signing up for our Patreon, just jump on over there and leave us a review. Can I say real quick what I remember Jerry O'Connell from? What's that? It's a a very small time in my life, really quick time when MTV had MTV Spring Break. Yeah, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris Hardwick was on there. He was because he did the uh, show. Singled out. Singled out. And Shipmates. Yeah, he did. That was a very short show. Yeah. Shipmates. But during the spring break, I think it was in spring break Cancun, I think, he came out on stage, you know, when they used to videotape people singing on stage and there was like big crowds. And I was like, I want to be there so bad. And I was like nine. No, no, why I needed. I never to be had there. any interest in being at MTV. Really, no. I was obsessed with it. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell came out and sang "Hungry Like the Wolf." Oh, I freaking love that song. And that's the first time I really had heard it. I'm hungry Duran, like Duran. a wolf. Yeah, 
he sang it on stage. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And every time I've ever seen Jerry O'Connell since then, it's the only thing I think about. In person, yeah. Yeah, in person. Because he, I mean, he's a five-star reviewer of the show. Of course we know him. Yeah. That'd it, be silly not to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I always say, hey, remember when you sang Duran Duran, Hungry Like the Wolf on MTV Spring Break? He's like, of course I do, Jerry. I was like, yeah, Jerry. High five. And we high five each other. We're like, we're both Jerry's. You want to be best friends? Yeah. yeah. We love each other. Yeah. Or like each other <laughs> a lot. It's cool. So, so leave us a review on iTunes <laughs> now. Get a sticker. But you got to email us with the review so we can. I don't want I, I need to know who you are. I don't even know how to check that. Yeah. I don't, no. I don't either. <laughs> um, and patreon.com slash comics. That's done. Commercial time's over. Yeah. Um, this big topic that we're going to talk about this week, and I think maybe, you know what? I think maybe we're going to get back to the two-hour format. I think, I think the today, experiment is over. Yeah, I think uh, Snarf Talk 50 is getting back to two hours for you guys. And what I'm... Now, if you're listening to this and it turns out it's a one-hour podcast, we just lied. But that's not our intention at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, at this point, I don't think that's the intention. Um, I... You never know. We change it on the fly because it's our show. Because we're hungry, like wolves. Like wolves. And I think episode 50 is going to go back to the two-hour episodes because we've widely heard. Yeah, nobody likes one-hour episodes. Nobody likes the one-hour episodes. Everybody complained about two-hour episodes, Even but though, they don't yeah, like one-hour episodes. That's what I was going to say. We widely heard nobody liked the two-hour episodes, but I, I've said it before, um, and I think the audience was groomed to the two hour episode and was used to it became enveloped in this warm blanket of the two hour episode. Yeah. Felt loved by it, you know, like better than their father could love them. Right. They felt loved by this show. And then they're, if they have fathers, right. And then their dad leaves. Yeah. It's like, I have half a father now. Yeah. When they were in, in utero. Yeah. And said he was going to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Just never, never came, came back. back. <laughs> that bastard. Right. I mean, what a dick. That rat bastard. Of course, you'll find out later in life that he didn't even know you. He didn't kid. even know who you were. No. And and now you're thinking like, I'm left with this one hour episode that doesn't even love me. Right. Well, guess what? When he turned fifty, yeah. he came back in your life. He came back. He didn't even know that she was pregnant. He loves you now. And he's very sorry your mom died. Right, because it's... But he's here to step up. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to step up and I'm going to be your dad. I'm gonna, By the time you're 30 years old... I'm going to be there for you. I want, I want you to call me daddy. <laughs> I want you to call me daddy. I mean, I'm not going to pay for your college no. or anything. No. Any I mean, financial that, burden that, is yours. There, there'll, be no, there'll be no financial help here. <laughs> it won't be me. You weren't but, there to provide me free labor. But if you have become successful and are a good person, yeah, and will elevate my status and have a, uh, you know, potentially have an apartment above your attic, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. If you have any of these things, then I'm in back. We're back in your I life. I will be your dad. Yeah. Okay. Do you hear me? Yeah. I will be that warm blanket again. So just feel like that's what this episode can that's, be. I mean, basically, that, that all sums up the two-hour episode perfectly. Yeah, I think it does. <laughs> um, so what's this two-hour episode got? The Chris? big topic we're talking about right now, this week, is, wait for it, <clears throat> aliens. 
aliens are they even real that's what we're going to discuss do they exist uh, <laughs> well we're gonna we're gonna talk about ufos we're gonna talk about ufo sightings we're gonna talk about aliens we're gonna talk about whether or not they exist we're gonna talk about tic tacs we think we're gonna talk about tic tacs navy pilots maybe toes bob lazar yeah we're gonna talk about all that stuff but first we got a, a couple news we do items. have a couple news items so hey stick around for this alien discussion yeah, because it's gonna get it out of this me. world. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But it turns out they're on in this world. I yeah. think maybe we'll get there. Do I think that we got some news to discuss first, and then of course we're gonna do. Um, there's some new stuff we've been watching. We have been watching some things. Um, but we did go. Do you want to talk about where we went? Oh yeah, we got a. We did a Snarf Talk road trip. We did. We this, did a this this week actually. A couple, couple very short videos of it. Um, we never videoed after the beginning. Oh yeah, we forgot. I should send those videos to you so you can put them on the YouTube's. Or I something. can do that. Um. So we went up to Chicago, and we saw this guy named Kevin Smith. We talk about him in basically every episode we've ever recorded. Yeah, and um, either next week or last week there is an episode all about Kevin Smith. Right. Movie magic. We don't know when that comes out. Um, so, we, yeah, we have a whole episode about Kevin Smith. This time we went and saw him uh, and Jason Muse, who is Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Kevin Smith is obviously Silent Bob, and uh, they had a new show, new movie come out called Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Reboot. And they had the Reboot Roadshow. If you remember Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, the movie from 2001. One, yeah. I, I believe it's... this is a, um, it's not really a reboot as much as it is a making fun of reboots. And right. It's really more of a sequel, actually. They took, it's kind of a running gag in the movie because they're discussing the difference between a sequel and a reboot. And a... They do. And they, they like break the, is that the fourth wall or third wall? Oh yeah, the fourth wall. The yeah. fourth wall where they look at the camera and like actually act with the audience, like which they did in mm-hmm. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back too. Yeah, they did, um, and they do that here uh, just to make fun of like reboots, remakes, whatever. Um, so the experience right off the bat. So me, you, and Dude go up there. Um, Alex was supposed to go, <laughs> but he bailed. Well, he bailed on us, so he'll never be back on. <laughs> I don't even know who he is. <laughs> uh, anyway. Dude came with us, and so we get up there, and originally we thought, like, we'll park, get something to eat, no big deal, show starts at 7, we got there at, like, 4.55, got plenty of time. Well, turns out, there's line. There's already a line there. And we already had tickets, but it was, there were general admissions, so no assigned seating. So you just got whatever seats you got, you know, when you went in there, and we saw these lines, and we're like, crap. Now, like we're forced to stand in this line now because we wanted to sit together, obviously, and we wanted a decent seat. So we starved to almost death. Yeah, near death. It was a near death experience. It was also a beautiful autumn day. Perfect. In Chicago to to stand stand in a line outside. I mean, it was really nice out. Um, So we stand in line for like an hour, get inside, uh, got our seats, really good seats right up front. The really cool part about we were at the music box theater in chicago is in like wrigleyville um yeah just north of there a a couple blocks a few blocks something like that and um they it's an old school theater where they only have i think two 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 screens and they have an organist playing in the beginning instead of running any 
like ads yeah, or they any have other a pianist stuff. playing with his organ. Right. Yeah, an or, an organist playing with his pianist. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean an organist playing with his organ. Yes. Yeah. And he does a great job in the beginning. For about That's really a half cool. an hour, they, he plays organ music, and it's, it, it's actually really good. Yeah, it's really neat to see. I mean, after and about it, 15 minutes, you're like, okay. Okay, sounds like an organ. That's enough organ. <laughs> yeah, but I just think it's neat. It's like nostalgic, yeah. bringing back the old school theater uh, vibe. Uh, really good seats, like I said. And then literally the director of the movie and star comes walking out right in front of you on this small stage. Well, I mean, it wasn't a... Talking about a show. We knew they were coming. I understand we knew. I just really think it's amazing to see a movie with the director and and star of the show there presenting it to you. Yeah. You don't get to see that much. Um, I mean, who else have you seen do that besides Kevin Smith? Right. No, I mean, that's... You know what I mean? That the... The idea with this movie is um, it does it is getting released to theaters, and every city that they go to to, to do the premiere, it becomes released. They release it in that city at that time, and then it also like two weeks prior to this, they had a nationwide um, Fathom event screening. So that would be like maybe there was two screenings on a Tuesday that you know yep. was all over. Um, but it is a wide release, and it is in release in Chicago and about six or seven theaters. They listed them. Uh, the biggest one is the one in Naperville. They're the closest one to us. But um, yeah, I mean, he's the only one. I, I've been to two of his other movies that they have toured live. Yeah, and that's how they chose to release this movie. And um, you know, it's an indie movie. It really is. It's a crowdfunded indie movie. Essentially, it's Legion yeah. M, which is a it's a fan owned production company. Yep. Um, and, you know, Sabin Films. Yep. Is, yep. Or Saban, Saban Films. Of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes. Was the distributor of it. And um, <clears throat> so they knew this wasn't going to be a blockbuster. That's not that type of a movie. So they spent $10 million budget, which is pretty low. Very. And yeah. um, they were touring it across the country um, and doing live QA afterwards. And it's great. I mean, honestly, it, it's it's a really fun, interactive way to go see uh, an artist you really like, but also see the movie, which is great, yeah, and then see and all the other people that are there that are like, like the same it. stuff that you like. It's it, great. It's a great idea. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much um, the money they make off of it or anything like that. We our, were figuring there had to be a hundred grand in that theater. Alone. Oh yeah, easy. And <clears throat> I just think it's amazing that you see a guy that passionate about what he's putting out. Right. And he, and it's genuine. I mean, it's genuine across the board. And the reason I, be, I truly believe that is because we listen to basically all of his podcasts, all of his YouTube stuff. We we've seen him live and he says the same thing over and over again about these, uh, about that movie. Like it's his heart and soul. He had a really big, like emotional, um, like break with this heart attack, which is also widely known when you have any sort of heart problem or heart surgery, you have like an emotional change in you. You really have an emotional change. My grandpa had heart surgery and became super emotional after his, his heart surgery, his bypass. And it, and it does like they all, it's proven by science that, if you have anything happen to your heart, an emotional change will happen to you, good or bad, you know. But a lot of people get 
much more emotional after something like that happens. And he has, um, he, he was always emotional about TV stuff, but I feel like he's getting more emotional about life. Right. You know, and he put this movie out and you can tell it in the movie. He put it out as something that was the last of its kind, a last view askew, uh, movie. Yeah. Because it looks like, so view askew, meaning that's their production company, meaning it's an interconnected universe with clerks chasing Amy, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. They're yep. all set in Mallrats. They're all set same characters, same universe. Dogma is one of them. Yeah. Um, the stories don't always intersect. I mean, the stories always intersect. Is is Jersey Girl part of that? I don't think so. But it, I'd have it to rewatch it. Referenced in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe. Yeah, I, it was referenced. I, d- I don't know if it's part of it, but it was referenced by Ben Affleck in his okay. scene. Well, anyway, yeah. So you could tell yeah, he thought it was going to be the last one. He famously wanted to do Clerks 3, couldn't make it happen. So right. he thought this was his last chance at making, kind of closing up the universe. And uh, it turns out, great thing. I mean, he's going to make Clerks 3 now. So he is. That's he, amazing. They made amends with uh, Jeffrey Anderson. I, I thought one of the coolest things is he came out, introduced the movie, they go to play the movie, and he walks back and he sits right in the middle of the theater with the fans. With fans. And watches the, the entire movie. Yeah. How would you like to be that guy or girl uh, sitting on either side of him in the movie theater and watching his film with him? Right. I, I, that would have blown my mind yeah. if he would have been by us. What would you have done? I don't know. I, been crazy. You know, like, would you, I don't even know if you'd pay attention to the show. I think I'd just stare at him out of the corner of my eye the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> be like, maybe try to touch his leg. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it's funny, though. I mean, the crowd there was electric, man. There were some big fans. I mean, it was like a... Really was. It was like a uh, a hippie concert outside. I mean, it was... Oh, yeah. As soon as we walked past the lines, we I was like, like holy <laughs> smokes. Like, literally up in smoke. Um, but anyway, so they played the movie, um, and it was really, really, really fun. It's a really fun it movie. Fun. If you're a fan... And if you, you're, uh, you would have to be, you would have to be a fan, um, at least casually. You, you'd have to know some of his movies in order to get quite a few of the jokes. Yeah. Um, I, as if you're okay, I'll say y- this. You would think it's funny. Yeah. It's very funny. There's lots of jokes. Um, it's great. Um, but you, you gotta be a fan of Kevin yeah. Smith and his movies to watch this movie. Um, not only are you going to have no idea what's going on pretty much. Right. Um, it's not, we both said this afterwards and I, I thought it, it was interesting. Um, it didn't feel like a traditional movie in no. the sense of like it was shot like a movie or had the plot like a movie or the lighting was like a movie. The sound design was kind of odd. It, it felt almost like a, like an hour and a half long YouTube video. It was, it that was, was like, like a, um, it was like the plot was just like side note to the gags and the jokes and Correct. the nostalgia. Yes. So it was all nostalgia driven. The entire movie was nostalgia driven. It was like a, um, I don't want to say like a retrospective or anything like that, but kind of, I mean, right. it was like, look back at what I've done and it's going to be through, uh, through the story of this movie. 
of what I've done. All these people are going to come back, which is great to see part like partial storylines are going to come back. And then he said it from the beginning. Like this is the, almost the identical movie to Jay and silent Bob strike right. back. That's the gag. I mean, you that's know, why it's funny. Then, yeah. And, and it is, that's what it is. Um, what I was most impressed about, honestly, was Kevin Smith's daughter. Yeah. Uh, uh, his Harley. Daughter. He caught, I mean, <clears throat> for God's sakes, he costs his, casts his daughter in the lead role of the movie. Right. Basically. And, um, and I, it is funny because she, so he had said in, in an interview or on a podcast, one of the two, whatever I've listened to, that a lot of people have told him that Harvey looks like Harley or yeah, I said Harvey because I have a news article about Harvey Weinstein oh, God. in front of me. Uh, yeah, that's a bad mix up. Um, Harley looks a lot like Jay, like she resembles Jay a lot just in normal day life. That's a lot. Of, I don't know. I don't really see it, but right. I think it's just because she's blonde, to be honest. But right. um, a lot of people have told him that. So that's why he put that in the movie is that like, I'm going to put Harley as his daughter because I've been like teased about it or people have brought it up for a long time. And I have I mean, not I liked her acting. No. And I rolled my eyes at it in the first place because I'm like, you know, come on. Like he, he had a movie. Are called, you just making stuff now to be vehicles to like push your daughter out there? Yeah. But honestly, like she did a really good job. She was good. She was good, and she did a good job. And for for the role that she had, I mean, she is not perfect. I mean, you could. She's a very. I mean, there would be a million better actors you probably could have chosen. Absolutely. But yeah, she she's did very a, young. a serviceable, fine, good enough job. Yeah. It was a little clunky at times, but it, she was fine. But for the role she had and what we've seen of her before, yeah, this was you much, can much tell better. she's been she's much better than what she was right. before. So that like was a red flag to me, but it, it ended up being fine. And and actually later on in the movie, she has some pretty good jokes that kind of work. Uh, and what I think for me personally, like if you came to it and have never seen her before, you're gonna say like you're gonna eh, notice right away. It's it's not the best performance. But I was coming into it thinking it's gonna she's be going to be dog shit. Right. Like I don't like her acting. I don't even basically like how she talks normally and as a human being. Yeah, I cannot stand. It's yeah. just she's very L.A., you know, and I don't know. But so I came in with very low expectations and it was I very better. much do not like her Instagram. It was better Twitter. than that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> and we follow we follow it, too. Yeah, that's your fault. Um, but anyway, that was fine. And then like, there were some other moments too, because from then to now, I mean, he's, Kevin Smith has gone mainstream Hollywood, like ultra liberal. Yeah. He and has. I'm like, okay, how's this going to work itself in there? And so they have some like interesting casting choices that right away you're just rolling your eyes like, okay. So there's a lot of... Like uh, diversity choices. Yes, yeah, but they do a purpose. really good job because they make that one of the jokes of the movie. Which is hilarious. Which surprised me and was funny. So yeah. it was really good. And, and like I said, the jokes and this, at least when you're watching it in a, a theater with 1,200 fans. Right. It's I mean, so I, you fun. couldn't hear half the movie because people were cheering and laughing. So I'd, the, I'd be interested. The guy sitting to, next to me was literally choking himself to death laughing so so hard at things that, I mean, weren't even funny. Right. He just was 
he was so in love with the with the movie and with Kevin Smith, you could tell. Right. Uh, cause I had a, I had a seat in between him and I, one seat was empty somehow. I don't know how. Um, but he was like leaning over coughing because he was laughing so hard at everything. <laughs> I was like, Holy smokes, dude. Like you are <laughs> in love with this stuff. I'm, I'm just really glad. Cause I'm like a uh, obsessed Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. And I always think I'm like, they're all the fans are dwindling away, and I, I it's sad because I'm the last one, and like they're he's not going to do anything else it's anymore. Not so. It's not the case, man. And I, and guess what? And we were there. Dude was said, "Oh man, it's just weird to see like everybody in this theater is like our age or older." And I started looking around. I'm like, "No, no way. not really. Like everybody in this theater is in their twenties." Yeah, no way. It's not uh, everybody, but I would say there was just as many or more people that were in their twenties. I have to say I, there was. So many times in the in the movie that I looked over at you, I looked over because they had said something that I thought was like funny. There was no way you were moving your head; you were like locked in the whole time. I I'd look over, I didn't like notice that a couple times. Well, more than a couple, quite a few times. I'd look over at you, and you were like locked in, like at it, and so it's it just fun to see like people and everybody was like that. Yeah. And it's just fun to see people that are that in love with a certain like uh, type of movie and, yeah. and person. I understand that they're goofy and Listen, have really like off color jokes. This, I get it. This isn't but, uh, Dogma, Chasing Amy, Clerks 2, Clerks, Shawshank or Redemption, or any of that stuff. Gladiator. It's actually, I would say, funnier than Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I think so. But not as well made of a movie. Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's a, it's I, weird I say how it, it's shot and how it I, looks. I wouldn't say it's it's lesser than. I wouldn't say it's not as good as Jay and Silent it just Bob. Doesn't like it feel shot, as shooting. much like a movie as that. It's just is. different. Very different. I feel like it makes you more uh, like immersed into the show. Maybe to me. To me, that's how I felt. Like I felt you like do we were feel very more immersed involved, into it, like because, involved with it, because it didn't feel like a movie. It no. felt like like a series of events that were just happening in front of you. Exactly. It was, Isn't it that was good? I don't know. I don't know if it's good or not. But anyway, I it doesn't matter because there's enough gags and jokes and nostalgia for a year in this movie. So right. that makes me happy and it was very enjoyable. And I think there's honestly, if you're not like a huge fan, but you're a casual fan, there's enough jokes that it's funnier than any comedy movie that I've seen in a, in long, a long time. time. In a long time. Honestly, even if you're not a fan, it's still as funny as any comedy movie I've seen in a long time. If you, which I was worried about. I'm like, I don't know if he's still got the chops to do. I know I did this type so. of a comedy. I've, I've been very reserved on this movie for a long time because I've told you, before because he kept saying like it's the same thing as jane silent bob strike back he kept saying that and then he kept saying like i'm bringing back all the same characters or all the same actors that i've had before i was like i don't like that yeah i didn't i didn't think i'd like that um i was nervous about it like i had said i'm going to go see it but i'm nervous about what he's going to make because i think it's going to be just like thrown together because he wants everybody to come back. Um, everyone was in it, but it's not what I thought. It, it's it's much better than what I thought. He put a, he put together a movie pretty well. Um, yeah, and it was super I, fun. It's certainly the last half is 
much better than the first half, I thought. Yeah. The, I thought it really picks up. up about halfway. And honestly, um, it, he really, like, this is the first time you're, I've really ever thought of Jason Muse as an actor. He's, was He's pretty great good too. in it. And, they, and him and Harley both, they have it, some really, like, pretty um, emotional, emotional scenes. Emotional scenes, yeah. And, you know, not I wasn't tearing up or anything. But you but, did. But they were heavy. They felt like they nailed that beat. I don't know what's up with these ying the lings These yinglings are... What's up, Erica, with these yinglings? They're exploding all over us. Yeah, I'm surprised you still have some left. Yeah. I don't. Um. Anyway, so uh, what, were, what was I talking about? Oh, emotional heavy scenes. Okay, so that was really a surprise, and that was good, and I liked to see that heaviness because... The emotional beats in like Clerks Two, and um, Clerks, Clerks two. two essentially is the emotional beats in that movie rock, and then like even Zach and Miriam make a porno like the emotional beats in that movie. Yeah, um, land pretty solid. I think I think he's always done a really good job with that, and it was good to see that aspect. It, it almost feels out of place in the slapsticky world of a Jane Silent Bob movie. Right. But it worked. I thought it worked. And at the end, in a super meta, he Kevin Smith himself is actually a character. And I actually thought he did a better job as himself than he did playing Silent Bob. Well, and I think it was like an over-characterized Kevin yeah. Smith. You know, where he was like kind of the, not a bad guy, but... A guy that they none of them liked. Right. Um, none of them liked him in the in the show, and he was like the epitome of, uh, of like Hollywood guy. Yeah. You know, like Hollywood director. Nobody liked him. He acted like that, and I thought it was really great. I thought that was a good. At, at first, when I heard the name Kevin Smith muttered in the show. In the movie, I was like, "This is that that'll be dumb if they bring him in here. That'll be dumb to see, you know, Silent Bob and Kevin Smith in the same movie." It was, yeah, but it led the way for some great, yeah, it was jokes. It was really good, yeah, that, yeah. Well, everything after that was all Kevin James, yeah. Uh, Jason Mewes or Jay only called him Kevin James after that. Yeah, I think like uh, so funny. Probably the best highlights for me were. I always love, I love Jason Lee. Um, I just, oh, I mean, it was almost the exact thing he did in the first movie, which it is was what was so great. great. But I really enjoyed that. Um, I liked uh, do Chris the, Hemsworth. Can you do the dance with the man, man, man? No. <laughs> do it. Come on. Remember, remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, nah, nah. <laughs> me, me. <laughs> but he like sticks his tongue. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, yeah. His tongue's sticking out. Um, so he was good i like chris hemsworth had a, a funny little bit part that was really funny um but ben affleck rocked in it man he he stole the show and, and it's ca- one it's well they split it up into a couple different a couple scenes, long but it was like scenes, one though, shot but that they did you know it's a good five five minute chunk of the movie um and he holden was always like my favorite character in the universe anyway yes um i, I love agree. chasing amy's my favorite movie in the universe seeing him come back and it be f- super funny really and then also um super like meta and aware at the same time like, that, that like was he's the, addressing the audience and that was the most nostalgic part for me definitely was bringing him back and then him being yeah it was almost like self-aware yeah. of the situation of him 
uh, being separated from Kevin right. Smith in in real world times, yeah. but then bringing him back to the universe, and then him, him talking about like what he was involved with, what he missed, and they wrapped what, up uh, chasing Amy, the cliffhanger at the end of that, and which was amazing. That that part was like emotional. There were definitely some emotional beats too when he was talking about his daughter. You know, I think it was a little overly sappy to be honest, but I still enjoyed but it. But at the time, but I agree with you. But at the time in the setting that we were at, yeah, it worked like really with well. the people we were with in that setting. Kevin Smith is there. Jason Muse is there. You're watching their movie. Ben Affleck shows up, starts talking about chasing Amy. Right. It's, and it, it, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. I, I always tend to look at the positive in everything. Like, yeah. Just because I think that's. Because you're just an idiot. because I'm better than you in most ways, because I like to look at the positive instead of negative and be a Debbie Downer like you. Um, and I thought it was great. I thought everything about it was great. It made me really happy, made my insides melt. Yeah. And I want, I fell in love all over again with Ben Affleck. <laughs> and I told Amy, I was like, I don't, I don't know if this will work. I'm leaving you. Ben Affleck is now again in the View Askew universe. He made some great Batman jokes too. Um, Holden McNeil is my new wife. So, <laughs> um, so that part was good, and then uh, I liked the ending too. Um, it was a, uh, I liked the very ending because you could tell. Obviously, he thought it was his last movie. And that I think that very he ending did. was the closest we got to that moment in the jail and Clerks too. Like that's when I really started to get the emotional beats of yes. the whole movie, which at the time of each emotional beat felt a little misplaced. But they, the end is when they all kind of convene together. I don't know if they ever felt misplaced, just lesser than than the comedy around them. A, yes, they felt out of place in the surrounding of the comedy, and then they'd like come out of nowhere at you with this like weirdly overly yeah. emotional sappy um scene which i enjoyed i'm just saying like I it didn't it. feel right. in place no you're right and the ending it felt in place at the end and maybe that's because of all those scenes from before you know i don't know if this is that's an acting thing or i thought it was a little odd the transitioning that went on there would be like literal slapstick comedy happening and then like 2 seconds later there's so, like a crying scene between do you think that's poor directing um, it could be combination of directing, acting, and writing. That's a that is a direct shot. The guy you like, well, love. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I still doing? like the movie, and I still love Kevin Smith. He's my favorite of anybody. But um, it wasn't a perfect movie. No, oh no, <laughs> no, I won't say that. <laughs> I it mean, will I'm be. not going to say that it was a perfect movie, but no, none of them are. I mean, Chasing Amy is pretty close. No, Dogma's pretty close. No. They're not close Clerks to being perfect. Good. Clerks two is phenomenal. I love Clerks. Clerks two is the best like movie movie like of of a yes. You know, I think Chasing Amy is the best indie type movie that he's done. Like all of them are indie movies, but best I think script Chasing, and best acting is yeah, Chasing Amy. I just think Chasing Amy is overly sappy, wordy. Yeah, that's why I love it. No, but like, there's just too many monologues. I love a good monologue. I do too, but when two people are having their own individual monologues in front of each other, 
it just gets too much. <laughs> I disagree with you. How? I don't know. I like just, you can't I, have one per, like it's not realistic in real life to have somebody give this huge overarching story and monologue of their feelings and whatnot, and then the next person do the exact same thing. Yeah. And like be, we do every week, Jerry, on this podcast. No, that's not what we do. <laughs> that's not what we do. Do you want me to do that? Overall, I give it out of a eight. Of no, two, we have to do ten. Out of I a 10 don't scale? like fives. Fives are stupid. I, I I was coming in here actually. I was, was going to do A B C D. What? E, yeah, like that's fucking dumb. That's what Dean does on WGN. I don't care what he does. Gives a letter grade. Nobody likes him. A A minus B plus no, B minus. You have to give out of a ten. It's a ten scale. You can do of all movies or of Kevin Smith. No, movies? no, no. Just what you felt it was. I don't care, Chris. I don't care about all movies. I'm talking about our experience, overall experience of going there to the road show, the drive up. Well, the, the overall drive back. experience? Yes. The and, overall entire experience was a, like a nine or a 10. Okay. Now, what do I think of the actual movie okay. as far as a stand? No, no, no. Movie? Wait, 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 wait. Now, listen to me. Okay. Here. You can't really have a 10, first of all. Because that's perfect and means you could never surpass that. Okay. Um, and you can never have another 10. You can't have two perfect things. Okay. It's not possible. Fine. So you have to go to a point structure I mean, it then. It is possible, but... Yeah. No, it's not. Um, so then you go to a point structure, you know... Are you which, getting this from the pizza guy? I am. Because he's accurate. <laughs> this is right. The fucking obnoxious the barstool. barstool pizza guy. Yeah, I think his grading system is perfect. Okay. I really do. Okay, you bro. Can, you can never have... I mean, how many times have we said 100%? Bro culture over here. Jerry and his bro culture. Barstool, sports, eating pizza. I just think the pizza reviews are accurate, and I feel like his grading <laughs> system is good. Anyway, he That's all I'm he saying. He didn't go to any of the best pizza places in Chicago when he was here. That was weird. He didn't. I agree with It was him. very odd. He went to like Giordano's. I'm not. I'm not throwing him up as the best person in he's the world. Not the, he's not a ten. I'm he just can't be a ten. No, he can't. According be. to you and him, his grading scale though is accurate. Is his I, grading scale a ten? And I want you. No, it's it's probably nine point eight. Okay, you want me to give it out of a ten? Okay, I will do that. But give, of the movie, I could you really quick do me a favor though? Yeah. Um, of just. And I'll have an idea because I know your sensibilities here. What movie for you would be like a, a 9.5? Name a movie that would be a 9.5. Uh, a 9.5? Actually, Oof. no. I, that's easy. What movie would be a 5.0 for you? Ooh, a 5. Oh, gosh. Because that's, that's, you make it sound like that's bad, but it's really in the middle of the road. Uh, no, I mean, a 5 would be poor. I would say average score would be like a 7, 7.2. Okay, so if you're not going to utilize any of the numbers under five, then what's the point of this grading scale that goes all the oh, way? Oh, no, I'll, I'll, I will utilize any of them, but they will be poor movies. What's an example of a 5.0 movie then? Well, I'd have to think. I wasn't prepared for this. Like, how good is Dances with Wolves? Uh, 8.2. Okay, how good is like, um, um, uh, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You? Mm, six <laughs> that's a solid six how good is failure to launch with matthew mcconaughey who's in that with him uh terry bradshaw and <laughs> kate hudson oh kate hudson oh i do remember that movie uh, 
I would say that's in a 5.5 to 5.8. Okay, because that's not a bad movie. Really? Um, how, how good is What Women Want with Mel Gibson? Huh, I kind of like that movie. I'd say a 6.4. Okay, I, I got to handle this scale now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just needed the baseline to get... It's just like calibrating your combine. It is. You know, you heads. need to get like 6 or 7... And then you can check mark all those, yeah. and then you average it out, and you get it right. Yeah. Typical calibrating. Whoa! Yep. <laughs> oh, hey yo! The yingling got away from me. It jumped. It yinglinged. It, uh-huh. it jumped. Up all right. There. So out of out of ten, my my. So why did you give me those movies to base it off of? Just compared to what this movie is. Just the movies I thought. Why of. didn't you ask me about like what I gave Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? What did you give Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Uh, I'd say a. A seven. Okay. It's funnier than you remember, I bet. You think? It had a lot of laughs. Um, well, 7.1 then. So am I grading the movie or the experience? Both. Okay. Experience? Solid like 9.2. That's a, that's a good yeah, score. I had a great I would time, give it man. I would give that. We went to Chicago. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. I know. We saw Kevin Smith. We drank some beers we had some popcorn we watched a movie which is my favorite thing to do so in the, the world. only thing that i would bring it down for i'd bring it down to about a nine nine even myself is because we didn't get to go to dinner beforehand yeah that would i was be like great. i was ready like to have a dinner experience yeah mm-hmm. there was a sushi place right next to that yeah there was, have an, that emp- experience? There was an empanada mercado drink 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 some beers eat some sushi or whatever we walked into that's and the, then get into the line. That yeah. would have put me up to like a nine, nine four, nine five. Yeah, I agree. Um, the movie on its own merits, um, just as a movie in general, um, um, you know, if it didn't, if it wasn't as funny as it was, yeah, um, it would be for me scored a lot lower because of just because of the acting and some of the problems there. Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, I'd give it like a solid like um, six point eight. Huh. That's lower than I thought. A lot lower than I thought. I was going to give it, well, no, I'm not was. I am going to give it 7.4. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I was very happy with it. Uh, the, yeah, the acting, a lot of people don't act that well in the movie. I really don't like the way Shannon Elizabeth acts. Oh my and it God. might be it might be a choice. She might be making that choice for the character cuz I feel like she was the exact same way in the first movie. Yeah, yeah she Jay was. And Silent yeah. Bob Strike Back. But was she you can't judge it off of American Pie because she was only used as a She's been in other stuff. I, what? That's she's, the thing. Oh man, and she's been in other stuff. Actually, it's funny because right after we we're talking about that, were you did you look it up? No, um, but I was looking up another movie got brought up completely, and I looked up that movie, and she was in it. Thirteen Ghosts. Oh yeah, she was in that. Yeah. So was that one guy that reminds me of Ryan Reynolds, but is not Ryan Reynolds. Tony Shalhoub. No, no, because he was in it. <laughs> I know he was. No, the main character, the main guy. Uh, Wait, he reminds you of Ryan Reynolds. He does but he's not Ryan. I've Reynolds. always confused him and Ryan Reynolds together before I what? knew who Ryan Reynolds was. Yeah. Who could you confuse with Ryan Reynolds? He's like... He um, was in Scream. He's like the pride of Canada. Okay. Are you talking about like Matthew Lillard? Is that his name? The guy that was in Scream and uh, 13 Ghosts? 
The guy from Scooby Doo that played Shaggy was is Matthew Lillard. Yes, that guy. You confuse him, that he, ugly I, ass. I used mofo to mofo with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I used to. Man, that is a very odd they were, thing. Back when they when Ryan Reynolds was like a nobody. Um. Okay, she ha- actually has been is in like a ton of stuff. I've okay. never heard of any of it. Um, one of them is a huh. TV movie called Catch a Christmas Star. I bet that's on Hallmark. Yeah, guaranteed. Um, that's a lot of like stuff I've never heard of, but she's definitely in things like a lot. Yeah, I don't know, but nobody ever sees them. You know why? It seems like she can't act. She had a bunch of episodes of Cuts, which I've never even heard of. Uh, that '70s show, she was on there for a while. Let's get back in the day, though. Junk. Um. Yeah. No. I mean. Not much, man. You're right. American Pie, 13 Ghosts, and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That's it. Scary movie. She was in, apparently. Was she? Oh, yeah, she was. Yes, yes. she was. I remember that. The first one, scary movie. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Okay. So 7.4 and a 6.8. Yeah, but a 9.2 on the experience. Right. And I would also, I would also give it a 9 experience yeah so that was a um a long thing yeah so do you want to do some um real quick news okay really really quick news go for it um they've announced uh kevin conroy is going to play batman on crisis the cw show live action he's going to be a version of batman well well yeah he was always going to be bruce wayne oh you already knew this well, yeah, they put that out a long time ago. Check that off the list. I um, we talked about it a long time ago. Okay, and the, it's he fine. Already, we don't need to talk about it anymore. He filmed it already. Like it's um, it's already been a thing. Lord and Miller, the creative duo behind the Lego Movie. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Oh, have, I know they did that. Um, signed a gigantic deal with Sony to the tune of. Nine zeros plus. It was like three hundred smokes, three four hundred million dollars, something like that. Really, they gave them to um, start and run a Spider-Man live-action TV universe. A live-action TV universe, multiple shows, many, many, many shows. No kidding. Yeah, I'm not sure what network that's going to be on, but um, they signed the deal, I believe, with but it's Sony. All, it's all through Sony. It has to be. So that includes cartoons, live action shows, uh, spinoff shows. They're going to have all different Spider-Man stuff going. Wow. On. Yeah. Over the next ten years, so um, you know that's huge. I'm guessing since they have Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the Marvel universe, they're going to go the Miles Morales route. Um, yeah, would be the smartest play there. Yeah, to not have another Peter Parker. Very easy to do with Spider-Man. There's been many different iterations. So, um, well, not many different, but there's one. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, so my guess is they'll go that route, or they could focus on villains or side characters and do all kinds of things there. So thought that was interesting, um, more for the fact that, A, we're going to get amazing Spider-Man yeah, content, that, and B, they're going to get like $500 million. <laughs> yeah, they'll Speaking get a lot of, of money. How many, how many, do I got the right amount of digits there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of another nine digit deal. Okay. Uh, Netflix handed one off a nine digit deal uh, for, I believe, 300 to $500 million in that range. Okay. For Benioff and Weiss. 
Benioff and Weiss of were, uh, Game uh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yes. Netflix now owns them. The those people, not Game of Thrones. Correct. They own yes. those creators, and so they will be doing everything for Netflix for Netflix. their next shows, creating what, new shows for however many years that contract is. Five years, maybe ten years. I don't know, wow. but uh, that's a big deal. It is a big deal, um, but but they, there's no content there. They're just getting the know. creators. So maybe they never have another Game of Thrones. You got to remember, they didn't come up with the idea no. or or write. So that's what I was going to bring they up. They did write that, a bunch of the Game of Thrones well, episodes. But as but. soon as George R.R. R. Martin was kind of out of the picture when they didn't have a book to follow, you, you ever saw what happened there? Yeah, well, they did still run that show for eight seasons. And they did. They, made made HBO a boatload? What's the official term for making billions and billions of dollars? Uh, a shipload? You can't No, y- I would I would say yawn, would, I Jerry. couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop it. it We're hit on me. a live podcast here. It it hit me and I couldn't stop it. And now you're going to because they're contagious. No, I don't. No, I won't. Oh yeah, you will. Sociopaths don't yawn when other people yawn. Oh really? Yeah. You're fact. a complete psychopath. Sociopath. Psychopath? Sociopath. What's the difference? Um, one has socio in the beginning, and one has psycho in the beginning. So you're both killers. <laughs> um, anyway. I mean, that's fact. Benny off and wise. So that's exciting. Um, I think that's a big deal for Netflix, who's honestly it, it is, falling I, behind in the streaming wars. I don't think that Benny off and Weiss are going to create very good stuff. Well, I think that they were using they have a Star Wars trilogy originated content. This doesn't affect the Star Wars trilogy, which they have apparently um, been signed for. So, yeah, I still it, it, I don't know. They don't uh, they don't they do don't it. seem to they me. Do certainly it's me. the same caliper as Lord and Miller caliber caliper. No caliber caliber. <laughs> as Lord and Miller, who did the Lego franchise and right, Spider-Man no, and Spider-Man, I feel like so. they are much above them. Um, I do. That's all I know. Other than um, I have, it's news. getting interesting. You know, like Netflix, and there's so many other. We were going to talk more about streaming services, and we had some people. Yeah, we should. like Apple's like coming in in a big way. Yeah, they are, and they've apparently said and, now that if you buy quietly, a, yeah, and if you buy a new phone or iPad or anything this fall before Christmas season, they're going to give you Apple Plus for a year. Really? Or I don't know if it's called Apple Plus, but whatever their streaming services. I just don't know. They've announced a bunch of stuff they're I gotta have look on into there. it more because they've come a little bit more quietly than we'll talk about it on the next episode. Else. We'll go more in depth because there's another streaming service coming out called Peacock. I never even heard of it. It's I'll NBC's have to search that. It's gonna be NBC Universal's Makes streaming sense. service called Peacock. Mm. Terrible name. But it is kinda shit. They've announced a bunch of shows. A bunch oh. of cool sounding shows. Um, CBS has announced more shows. CBS quietly, like they keep adding stuff. Now they have Star uh, Star Trek, and then they announced Picard's coming. They did the Twilight Zone quietly, which I yeah, freaking love did. the Twilight Zone. And have you watched the new one? No. Oh. And then they've announced a couple new shows that are going to come to CBS All Access. So I don't know. Maybe it's something they're to doing look, it. look for. I mean, yeah. I don't know if anybody can beat Disney. And Netflix is I don't Netflix think you is have so to, entrenched. I don't think you have to beat them though. I think you just have to have something that people want to see, which each one of these 
like creators and uh, services have. I think, I think they all have something that people want to come to, which then drives them to purchase the streaming service for a, a certain amount of time. I wonder on Apple because, you know, the first thing you'd think is, oh, everybody's going to get the Apple one. But I don't know, think that. I don't think so at all. I don't, I don't, think I don't that. know a lot of people that use Apple TV. I don't. Most people. I, I'm use, an Apple guy, and I don't use Apple no, TV. I, I have used it. I don't like it as much as Fire TV, Amazon's oh, really? at all. Um, but you know, if you have a Apple TV, so I, I just I'm curious as to whether the Apple streaming service will work on my Fire TV, or if you have to have an Apple TV, you cannot keep no, this on. I'm going. sorry, I can't, can't do stop. it. I can't stop doing it. Um, all right, let's move on. So we're not talking about Apple anymore? No. Okay. Um, did you have, you said you had one more news. Oh, I do. So we had a Joker review a while ago, uh, about the movie and we didn't know if they would do a second, uh, movie or not. And this isn't necessarily like a hundred percent. But the re- but the article I read was saying that their Warner Brothers has seen how much money Joker is making, and even though they didn't want to foot any of the bill for the movie originally, uh, is now claiming like they are going to make a second Joker movie guaranteed. Well, I, of course they are. And that movie's going to make a billion dollars, and they're going to bring. But what they're going to do is bring in more villains from the Batman universe. So they're going to make Gotham. Uh basically, yeah, into this uh Joker world and they're going to bring the villains they're going to bring what the article said is that they're going to bring the same villains that they're using in the uh Matt Reeves the Batman movie into this movie. Not the same actors, but the same villains because they are separate universes. Uh, okay, I don't like that at all. That's not the right direction to go with that franchise. But you literally said in the review you would be okay with us completely separate universes. Absolutely. And so would I. So would I. I just I wouldn't make it about that. I would have Batman in it. They're not going to. They're they're going to do a, a villain. They're so what they're planning on doing now, according to this review, and they were saying or uh, this article, and they were saying that it's a credible source from Warner Brothers that they're going to bring in these villains in the in the second Joker movie and then from there each one of those villains is going to get their own movie. That's a bad idea. So we'll see how it goes. That's that's DC failing yet again. I don't think it's a bad idea. It's a terrible I think idea. it's a different take. Uh We don't need more they're saying villain movies just because Joker made a billion dollars. I know. That's the only reason they're saying that. What they should do. This isn't, and this is very, very far out. Yeah. To, to what they should do is definitely have Batman in it. Just make the movie from Joker's vantage point. Right. Have Batman in it as a main character. Make the next up, uh, make the second or the third movie be straight up like the killing joke. Right. I agree. But you have to have the next movie be established, you know, Commissioner Gordon and all that. Yeah. Because you make it, make it about the three of them. So they're, they're saying that they would have, uh, so the Joker 2, and then they would have uh, Two-Face, 
the penguin, Riddler. Dumb. This is a terrible idea. And that that's all that that's all they put out. So they would say they, they would have a penguin standalone movie, a two face standalone movie. Those movies will fail. And I don't understand how you can have like a two face standalone movie without Batman. Yeah. Because he's the direct cause of what happened to Two Face. This is the problem. Canon wise. Movie studios, they're idiots. Uh, Penguin, you could have a standalone movie, and I think it could be decent if you do it. Okay, the you right can have way. a standalone movie of any of them, and they can be good, but it's not going to happen. Uh, is it necessary? Do it's we not. Need, we don't need them. We don't need something like that. You don't need the villain as the main character in every single movie just because you had one that was successful <laughs> that you didn't back to begin with. Right. You didn't back it. What What scares me more so than uh them making those movies is the fact that warner brothers is backing them because warner brothers has failed on every movie that they've produced for dc not every movie i mean what about most dark knight most dc movies that warner brothers has done after the nolan verse has failed it has not done well and i don't like anything well first of all they've all made a boatload of money it scares me more that they would get involved with it when the Joker had no involvement of Warner Brothers whatsoever. Besides, they didn't fund any of it or help them. It was basically an indie movie. I mean, I know it's still tied to them, but uh, like it was an independent film, basically, is the way it was made. You can see that. If they could keep going in that direction, it would be great. I think they could make a lot of good movies if they if they stayed on the lower budget side of things, and we've talked about that before. Uh, but if they try to go huge, big budget films and like blow these things up, I think that's exactly what it's going to do and it'll blow up in their face. If they try to be like, gonna okay, well. we're going to make a mob movie called Penguin and we're going to make the Penguin the main character. That's not a good idea. No. Just make a fucking mob movie. Right. I mean... Again, I'm going to watch all of these movies because I want to see what they're like. Uh, I think it'd be way more interesting to do that. I don't know what you'd do. If you want to do something like that, then make three Joker movies, bring Batman into them, and then branch out into other villain movies with Batman as a periphery character already established. I don't don't think you can have these movies without Batman involved. I think it's dumb to not tie the Joker movie in with a new Batman movie. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we talked about that in the review, and I think it would be a good idea to have him tied into the Batman movie because I really feel like that's how you build the universe. Right. You can have both of them come out separate and not have the first two movies tied to each other at all. But maybe, like, in the Batman movie, hint to a person that's rising up. But then again, the time frame's not right. So Just just fix that. Just do something else to fix that. It's well, not a big deal. For Joker 2, you could fix that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, you've established, um, you've made the Joker movie. You know Bruce Wayne is alive. Do it just like Marvel did it. you got a Joker franchise. Make the Joker now the background character. That interconnects the whole universe. You know? Yeah. Or Batman. Oh, well, no, because the next movie will be Batman. But make him the boss of all the criminals. But then in the Batman movies, they're all in Or the Joker's in the shadow behind there somehow. Yeah. I don't know. There's a way to do it. All you got to do in the Batman movie that comes out is say, you know, 
they could have like a little story arc in there about, or like even just like a news, like an old news article about what happened 20 years prior, 15 years prior, whatever, you know, uh, to say, well, depending on how old Robert Pattinson is in the movie, um, you could say 17 to 20 years prior, this is what happened. This guy went nuts and, you know, Arthur Fleck did whatever he did and nobody knows where he went. And then all of a sudden he makes an appearance right? again, like later towards the end of the film and then coming into Joker two or the next Batman movie, you could have him as a main character. He doesn't have to be a main character in the Batman film, but you could like hint towards him and say 20 years ago, this happened and Batman could be knowledgeable of it because in the Joker movie, they have Bruce Wayne as a, you know, nine or 10 year old boy, whatever he is like right when his parents die, which is obviously the creation of Batman. What I would do is do another, do a Batman movie that establishes, that has the Joker in it. Yeah. That establishes, um, you know, Commissioner Gordon and Batman and the Joker, they're all in it. Then make a third movie, that's the killing joke. Yeah. Him trying to drive them crazy. Barbara Gordon gets shot. Now she's Oracle. Bam. Now you're in no man's land. Or Boom. in the middle there, you do a couple other solo villain movies with Batman as a side character and Joker as the overarching villain, maybe just in a scene. Right. And then you tie that all together. Then you do your second Batman movie with some other um, larger threat. But this is the one where he loses. And at the end of that movie, it leads directly into the no man's land situation. Right. And that's a right. two part thing like Infinity War was. Bam. Bing, bang, boom. That's okay. what you need to do. Well, let's write it. <laughs> Let's do it tomorrow. I mean, it's so simple. Are you busy tomorrow? It's so simple. I don't think you are. Let's write it tonight. I think I just did write it. Well, I mean, you gave an outline. That's all I can do. I mean, the content's already written. (laughs) No Man's Land is already a book. It's already there. You just the killing joke is just there. It's all there, man. No, no, no. You have to understand that if you're going to do something in Hollywood, you have to change original content to your own. Even though you call it original content. This would allow you to have, um, you could have a Robin movie. Do we need that? If this universe is what it is, I mean, you could make basically the MCU, but it only be Batman and it would work. Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, instead of 21 films, it's 12. Right. You know, or 22, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't think we need 21 films. I really don't. I don't think it could go that long. All right, we're back after a break. Sorry. Because Jerry's a child. No, I'm not. You're a child. Did you hear how long? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, it was a long time. Headphones, and there's a microphone pointed at the door. And it's long. It was long. It was like a camel. Like I have this enormous bladder. I don't know. Some may call it a blessing. I call it a curse. Hmm. Because when it let, lets loose, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like just a long pee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is just. That kind of fizzled out there. It did, but it's so long. Um, all right. Well, enough about Jerry's urination habits. Um, okay. we, we have a major topic at hand. Do you want to get to that first, I, or do you want to do what we're watching? No, I want to talk about 
I want to talk about unidentified flying objects. Aliens. Aliens. Um, this all got brought about because um, I've been spending a lot of time in the combine, and you've been spending a lot of time in tractor. Yeah. And we've been listening to podcasts. And we have. I've listened to like all of, caught up on all my favorite podcasts, but like I don't regularly listen to Joe Rogan that much anymore because yeah. they're just. I don't have that much time to listen to podcasts, so I'll listen to like the two main ones that I like. And a lot of them haven't interested me. No, really, honestly, no. I, I've looked at a I'm lot of them. I'm kind of jumping around a lot. Yeah, they they haven't jumped out at me, but uh, there was a guy that was on, and uh, so I don't remember, what's the the director name, the guy that was on the show besides the... I don't know. So there was a Navy pilot on an episode... And then there was another guy that was on there, and he was on the same episode as Bob Lazar. So yeah. Joe Rogan had a guy on called, his name was Bob Lazar. He came out with a book and a, a documentary about his life, basically, and him working at Area 51 and doing whatever he did at Area 51. And that was literally the beginning of that whole Storm Area 51 so, thing. Yeah. That it came was, from that podcast. Basically from the podcast. Yeah, you're right. and. So he was talking about that. Well, there was a director guy. I feel like his name was Jamie too or, or something like that. But I don't like him. No, he's just kind of what like an opportunistic douche. douchey. Yeah, he really is. And he's got his beard all. I didn't see him. So oh, I don't know. well, you need to look on YouTube. He's got his beard all trimmed out. Like I don't, and just the way he talks. I don't, I don't like him at all um he feels like he attaches himself to these people yeah that's exactly what's happening. after the fact and then all of a sudden starts to talk like oh well i i i experienced the exact same thing no you didn't you right. didn't have you have nothing to do with this you're just the guy that wants to be involved anyway he was on the show too but this navy pilot it's like a weird tangent <sighs> just take. aggravates me that he's even involved with it like he didn't need to be there at all right. he needed he had no part in the episode okay. whatsoever. Um, it's but right, right on target. Jerry's right on target. I'm just saying, like, if you listen to the episodes that we're going to talk about, that guy has no part in it. Like, there, he ha- holds no weight in any of these episodes. Right. But he's involved with them somehow. Bob Lazar was in Area 51. He was like an engineer, right? Yeah. Or like a, some kind of an engineer. Right, which we'll talk about. And it's a good uh, good episode, um, and you know we'll talk about it more, but he's got a very interesting and believable story. Right. So then, and his story affects the story from this Navy pilot, and I, now I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name? No. It's one of the newer episodes. I mean, Lieutenant uh, Colonel something or other. Yeah, I think it was Commander or something, whatever. He, was a, he piloted an FA-18... Uh, Hornet, and they were on a mission. Super Hornet, right? Yeah. He had like the that. newest plane. It was yep. the newest plane out. At the time. This was 2004. They yep. were off the East Coast or West Coast. Um, and flying around doing like practice uh, missions, like where they were targeting each other, just like practicing. And then they were sent off on an actual like... Uh, Commander uh, David Fravor. David Fravor. Okay. And Jeremy 
something or other. I knew it was Jeremy or Jamie. Or well, actually, you said it was Jamie. Jamie. I did. So you didn't know. I, I knew it was a J with an R involved. Um, Jeremy Cor- Corbell. Yeah. Corbell. Cor- and Commander David Fravor, episode 1361. So what he says is that they were sent off on an actual mission to go investigate something that was sh- shown on radar or yeah, that they picked up. Something showed on radar, and they were out on uh, training anyway. Just training. <clears throat> and the Air Battle Command Center person said, hey, um, go over here because we've been seeing these interesting, weird things, which come to find out later... They'd been observing for weeks, months, right. actually, um, and without investigation. But they just happened to be flying in the area, so they're and so it was happening at the time. So they went to check it out. So they do that, and they end up seeing. He ends up seeing this white. Uh, well, first of all, they could object. see in the ocean this huge area of turbulent ocean, right? And they thought that was odd. It was a very calm day, and so they moved in closer to investigate, and they found this white... I don't remember the size of it, but... He said it was like 40 feet. Pretty big. He said if they... Like a school bus, then. Yeah. If you measured it on their screen, he said... Because they were like at 20,000 feet at the time. He's like, but, you know, I've done this so many times. I know how big things are on the screen in front of me. He's like, and if you were to measure it on the screen, it'd be roughly 40 feet. Yeah. And it it looked like a tic-tac. Yeah. It was white. And I mean, he and this guy is, first of all, this guy is a not screwing around guy. This is a very high level Navy commander pilot. He was the lead of the entire squadron. Right. Everybody were like reported to him. I mean, he is a super well-known, very highly respected long-term military pilot. So (laughs) this isn't like a a crazy loon. This is like a real deal military man what what really caught my attention before any of this like before he was even explaining the story and what they were doing he said he's like listen he's like i've got like about 4500 hours of flight time for over 4000 hours of flight time like in a plane flying he said and i've only witnessed one incident like this he said and it lasted about four minutes He's like, in my entire career is based off of this four minutes. He's like, I, I can't. Why would I lie about four minutes of my life? I mean, first of all, it's clear when you listen to him he's that very he is intelligent. not lying. No, 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 no. He's not. He is he, not lying, and in, he is not a liar, and he is not looking for attention. And this, he has nothing to gain from this. He doesn't care about gaining he anything from this. He honestly doesn't even really care about it. He didn't even know who Joe Rogan was right. for this. And he's like, I guess I'll go on this show right. to talk about it. But this was a big deal. So it wasn't just him. There was a whole other plane um, with a younger pilot. And then with them, there was also their weapons people. There's two people in the cockpit. Of yeah. A, of, uh, I believe it's a Hornet or Super Hornet. So they, his, his plane is the one that flew down uh, to like 5,000 feet and got pretty close to it. He said he was within a half mile of it. Uh, which you know is two thousand twenty two hundred feet. And it was rotating. It. it rotated. It reoriented a couple times, and it also then started moving up. Yeah, and they couldn't pick it up on radar. Their radar, their Doppler radar, would not pick it up whatsoever. So it, there was some sort of active jamming 
is yeah. what they called it, um, that would not let it pick it up on radar. But they could physically see it. At one point, it did disappear from them, um, and it just literally vanished. So they had infrared uh, TV, and he explains it in the podcast. So infrared obviously shows you uh, heat, a heat signature. So if it's hot, it will show up white compared to what the air temperature is. So it does show up white, but there's no plumes of engine right. uh, heat or anything else coming there's off no of propellant. it. no propellant. Like no propellant is coming off of the, the actual craft. Uh, craft, yeah. And so then in the video that you can watch on YouTube, it shows the infrared at first, and then it goes to TV, and it's just basically a black and white TV. And he says the only reason he switches to that is to try to get closer to it uh, so you can see a closer image of it. So then when it switches to TV, it makes it black instead of white. Um, but you could still see an engine plume of, of a heat signature from that if it had one. Right. Um, you don't see that in that video. And he's just switching from video to video, different types of things that they have on the plane to try to get a lock on it and try to figure out like how far they are from it, what it's doing, how fast it's going, anything like that. The radar couldn't pick it up. Uh, the basically, the only two things that you could see is the infrared and the TV. Uh, but the radar didn't know where it was at or what it was doing. And they just watched this thing hover in front of them. And it shows you like the degrees it's off of the nose of the plane, left or right. Um, and it's like three or four degrees left, just hovering there. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it just takes off. Yeah. Uh, off to the left of the screen. And he said... At an extreme amount of speed. Right, because he said... if a, a propulsion that's not... It's just not even anything that we don't have anything at all that can go from standstill to so that this, kind of speed that instantaneously. So when you watch it on TV, like a rocket you, doesn't move, it's slowly. Right. So if you watch it on the screen, you see it zip off to the side, but it's not like instantaneous. You just see it zip off to the side. And then, so. Right off the bat, for uh, a layman like us, like we wouldn't think much of it. But like he said, he said if you take an F-22, the most uh, capable plane right now, like anything that is in the world right now, an F-22 can probably do. He's like, if you were tracking that, he's like, the pod that is on the plane would be able to track it to the left if it was going whatever direction it was going. It could track it the entire time until you meet, meet the limits of the pod, you know, like, and then it would stop, obviously, and it would go off screen. He's like, but you would easily be able to follow that. It wouldn't be hard to do. And Joe Rogan asks him, like, would, like, what would it look like? Would it be able to zoom off like that? Would anything be able to zoom off like that? And he's like, no, we don't. There's nothing that... Like it's running at an incredible rate of speed. And the reason why it like strikes me as him telling the truth is because he didn't say, I think it's going 2000 miles an hour. Or if you rate his speed, it's at this. No, he's like, I, I don't even know how to rate. Well, and he also you. never at any point says he thought it was an alien or, I mean, he says it isn't a UFO because by definition it is an unidentified right. anything object. Could be. But the um, 
So there's no doubt that this guy's telling the truth. There's four other people that saw it. There's video of it. Um, so I, what I found interesting was kind of and, after that, when they started realizing that like um, this had been going on for a while. For a while. These things have been moving in and out of our atmosphere and going down to the ocean. In the ocean. And they've noticed things happening in the ocean. And yeah. Is there a dog in here? Huh? It sounded like it. <laughs> the yeah. idea that, um, you know, it's clearly not a propulsion system that we have any grasp of. It's clearly a, a gravitational propulsion system. So that's where it ties into Bob Lazar, right. is that uh, they talk about the way it was moving and how fast it could move, and they're saying that it is defying gravity. Right. It is moving in between gravity, basically. Like it's, or it's it, using gravity right. as a force somehow. But, we but don't... You got to understand... We don't understand what we gravity don't. is. We don't understand. We how. understand how to calculate it. Right. But nobody can explain what it is. So they're saying it's basically creating its own space. Right. In gravity. And then using gravity to like fold around it, basically, to push it forward. Right. Is, is the premise, is what I understand it is. And then Bob Lazar was saying that the... So what Bob Lazar did when he was at Area 51 is they claimed to have a spaceship uh, or a UFO that they found, and then the propulsion system for that was in this, like, cube box thing. And they were trying to study it and figure out how it worked. And that's what he was talking about, is that it was... I don't remember if he said it was creating its own gravity or it didn't go by like specific rules of our own gravity. Right. They could not figure out how it was creating energy. Um, and he studied it for a long time. And to this day, I still don't think they've ever figured out. They created an element. It was like element 151 or something. Yeah. Um, that could sustain that energy for a short amount of time, but it would degrade like immediately According to degrade. this guy. Yes. I mean, yes, this is all according to these And I people. don't know um, anything about this Bob Lazar guy. I've, I've listened to that podcast. I tried to watch the documentary. It's very hard to watch. Uh, I gave up on that. Now, this this military guy, I have no doubt of. So, um, And it follows yeah. what he's saying, and there's no reason in the world why you wouldn't believe this guy. And you know he's not saying anything specific. But then it becomes interesting because they kept saying, well, we got a UFO. So what's the most likely scenario, right? It's that it's some kind of technology that um, either our government or some other foreign government has made and is using. And you kind of think about that and you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's what we think Could of when we possible. think of Area 51. We're like, oh, okay, they were, they were testing new planes. And there's all kinds of stuff about that, which yeah. I believe Area 52 was... Probably the United States government testing stealth technologies. 51 or 52? Either one. Okay. <laughs> Did I say 51? No, you said 52. Area 50. Isn't it Area 52? Area 51. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was 51. Now you got me questioning whether it was 51 Is it or area 52. 50, it's 51. Area 52? Sounds right, though, doesn't it? Wow, it does. <laughs> what the fuck, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know what it it's is. It's definitely 51. 
Area 52? Area 52 is like the... 51. Uh, it's 51. Well, the first no, thing that I mean, came there up, is an Area 52. It's just like where all the porta potties are, and like the lunch room. <laughs> just, yes. They're like, hey, so, hey, hey, Bob, where are you hey, going? You go I'm to, going over to Area 52 <laughs> over there. I gotta I, take a dump. Hey, man, I gotta take a shit in Area 52. <laughs> I gotta uh, warm up this hot pocket. <laughs> I gotta go over to Jersey 52, you know? <laughs> take a dump. Are you coming back over to 51 later? Yeah, let well, me get I'll, a, I'll see you back over there, but I gotta go over here. I gotta make a daba do. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta give my gubba goo. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get my cup of coal. A wife got me some uh, some soup. I gotta heat it up over there. Yeah. Fifty two. I got it. You ever got a good chowder? They got a good chowder in fifty two. <laughs> so how I, how did that happen? So anyway, but it makes sense when you start talking about everything they saw, and you're like, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, a gravitational propulsion system makes sense. Doesn't violate necessarily any of law of physics that we know of. Um, we just don't know anything about how to do it, but that doesn't mean anything. So you think, okay, maybe another government figured it out. Sure. Okay. When you got to remember, this is 2004, Four. Right? 2004. Yeah. And then he makes a good point, which I never thought of and totally makes sense. And I believe 100% explains the situation he goes, if somebody had an anti-gravitational propulsion system, that would be yeah. the biggest advancement in human history. Absolutely. Um, of all time. It would revolutionize the way we do everything. Every single flight, thing. All of flight would change. Every, nothing, every, nothing that we know of would be the same. Climate change, it would solve that problem. It would solve every problem. They go. So you're telling me that somebody in this world had that technology in 2004. Some government. Russian government. And never said and a word. Never said a word, and it hasn't manifested itself. Whoever came up with that technology or came out with it, it would make trillions be, of dollars well, and it'd be impossible to keep secret now could you keep that secret for two years sure. five years maybe 10 years but now you're getting i don't even point. think you could keep it secret for 10 years we're talking about 15 years oh well, 2004 we're talking yeah 15 years almost 16 years since and I'm that saying, was seen to, to where you have successful enough flights to where it's identified like in flight from a plane right so at that point, I mean, it becomes clear to me. I go, I, I believe this guy saw what he saw. Other people have seen it. Okay, check. B, I believe that it's not a propulsion system. I mean, it's clear from his evidence and his experience. That's what you got to understand. This guy's experience as a Navy fighter pilot. I mean, when you're talking over 4,000 hours of just flight time, that's him sitting in the seat flying a plane. 4,000 hours. Yeah. And these guys, like, okay, my dad's a pilot. He hangs out with a lot of pilots. Yeah. These guys know what they're talking about when they're, and then these guys are flying their own small planes, stunt planes, stuff like that. They know what they're talking about. Now, take you, that to a military Navy fighter pilot. You're talking about the most advanced equipment. And then to in the talk air. about a guy that's a commander yeah. of a squadron of Navy. When I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then he, he started talking about being in, um, in D.C. talking to high-level government officials. And they're basically like, yeah. Well, that's what I was getting to next. So okay. I go, okay, I believe this guy. I believe what he saw. I believe that he knows what he's talking about in regards to the propulsion system. I believe in the fact that it's unlikely that any sort of technology like that would be existing for now 15-plus years without getting brought out into the world. And then further than that, you get the next little tidbit, which is like, 
Oh, and guess what? Also, this has been going on for a long time, and everybody knows it. And yes, so there are people that uh, are watching. You know, I, I don't know if I don't think it's radar because he was saying it couldn't come up on radar, but they were watching. You know, they're scanning the oceans yeah. around us and the airspace around us to make sure that people aren't invading. And they were saying that, or he was saying that people, the people watching these videos at one time were seeing 36 unidentified objects at a time just pop up out of the ocean. And then, do you, I don't know if you remember, Chris, but he had talked about... Um, these like cubes, like they were like squares that were visible in the air with an orb around them, like a visible orb circle around a square in the middle that were floating around, uh, around one of those tic tac like shaped. Ships. I don't remember that, but so that's what he was talking about. Is like he said that the, the oh, like pe- it was docking or like transferring energy or information or something. Yeah. yeah he said they were like, like, like he was saying at one point, there was multiple like, ships around there was one stuff underwater. And, and then, then they were like somehow transporting or communicating or, well, he said that the, the, so those orbs with the squares around them. And he said, I, I had not seen these. He said, but the, the guys that uh, were scanning like the offshore area had seen, multiple of these like cubes and like orbs around the cubes. There was a field around these vessels or whatever ships or whatever, uh, offshore. There was like 36 to 38 of them that they had saw around one of those Tic Tac, uh, ships that he recorded. And like I said, he said he had not seen any of these things, but multiple people have. And the guy that videotaped the Tic Tac, ship with him in the other F-18 uh, Lady. Ha- had seen Female that. pilot. Was it a female? Yeah. Oh, I guess I w- wasn't aware of that. Um, Relatively new pilot. So she had, she had seen those after the fact. Okay. And then they had also talked about another instance. They cu- kept calling it the Nimitz. The Nimitz. Yeah, I didn't uh, quite follow that part, but yeah. You, you, you guys got to listen to this episode because... But um, the point is, that it, it blew me away. What you find out later is that, like, not only were people, were they experiencing watching this for a while, but, like, you know, uh, whether you want to believe it or not, right. the government knows and has confirmed the existence of UFOs. They have for a while now. They have created two separate departments specifically just right. for their research and tracking of UFOs. So I know. The, according to the United States government, officially, there are UFOs. There are UFOs, but... This was, this was put out in a New York Times article or Washington Post article a couple years ago. And it was a big deal at the time. I, don't, I didn't really catch it at the time, but it was a big deal at the time. And that was at that time when they released all that funding that the government basically confirmed, yeah, we believe this is happening. Yeah. And we're going to spend a very small amount of money, by the way, but we're going to spend a little bit of money putting these organizations in charge of figuring it out. So what you have to remember, though, is 
what you call a UFO does not mean aliens. Uh, I'm not saying that. All I'm no. saying is UFO, unidentified no, flying I'm, I'm object. I'm just saying, like, to the general public right now. The, the government has not confirmed the existence of aliens. Exactly. Just of UFOs. Now, so I find that interesting. Because we live in a culture where it's just automatic to not believe in UFOs. Absolutely. And, uh, and the reality is, and I, I was the same way. Okay. Until I was not just until too. listening to this, until I started doing a little more researching, and and after you do a little bit of research and you start really reading it, and you're like, oh, there's like wait a hundreds of thousands of accounts. I mean, this yeah. is not like this isn't like isolated like Billy Bob and his pickup truck getting abducted by aliens. Although there is a lot of that. Sure, there is, and it, he says this in the episode is that he says. There are multiple times in my life, in my flight time, uh, in my time as a pilot, that we would fly off the West Coast with just IR, just goggles on, like uh, night vision goggles on. He's like, and you'd fly off the West Coast and you'd see campfires pop up. He's like, and as soon as we'd see those campfires, he's like, we're just flying around at night. We could do whatever we want. He's like, I was in charge. We could do whatever. He's like, and I'd see a campfire, and he's like, all right, we're going to go over there. He's the pilot. So he's like, I'd kick it down to idle. He's like, and at, at idle. At They're silent, by the so way. Many when, they, when they put power feet. all the way back. He's like, we're basically They're gliding. gliding. They're gliding. They're silent. We're gliding. There's no sound. He's like, and I would, I would coast down to, uh, I can't remember how many feet he said, but we would coast down above him. He's like, we'd get directly above him. He's like, and all of a sudden, I'd pull it up as hard as I could, and I'd kick it in all the way to afterburners, Which like as hard as you could go. Loudest thing in the world. Right. He's like, I'd kick in afterburners, huge flame shoot out the back of the plane. He's like, and I'd go straight up in the air. He's like, and then turn it off. Yeah. He's like, and, and as soon as I would do that, when I'd get back to the get back to base or back to the ship or whatnot. UFO sighting. There'd be like 10 different people reporting UFO sightings. Right. So, so when he said that, I was like, you know, this was all before he ever saw any UFOs. He right. did that shit on purpose. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of that. And I'm, I'm sure 90% of everything they see. And he said, he's like, because uh, Joe asked him, he's like, so you did that? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. He's like, was there anybody else? He's like, Oh, I know of a lot of people that did Everybody. that. Everybody. And wouldn't like, you? I mean Yeah. You have the capability. Like I mean, it's funny. It only costs the American taxpayer a hundred million dollars to do that, but yeah. You it it, it doesn't honestly matter. doesn't affect no any of that. Here's it's my my point budgeted. is apparently when you, you start really budgets work. When so. you, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to get into budgeted <laughs> government budgeting. Really? Um it's when you really start to look at it like objectively, without any bias. Without any like, oh, it's ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you start looking at it and you're like, okay, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of accounts that have nothing to gain. And also like this whole Tic Tac thing, like they've got like Tic Tac vehicle UFO sightings going back like hundreds of years. In the So in the episode, they talk about that and they talk about different things. And this is what I thought was weird is that Jeremy guy said... In the episode, he's like, there's a written account of Columbus, Christopher Columbus, seeing a UFO, something in the sky, flying. Now, 
Yeah, who knows? I'm going to say, I'm going to call bullshit on this and say, like, it could have been a meteor coming through the sky. Right. And and those people at the time would think that's a <clears throat> UFO. Why? You, think you could write you that. You think you're smarter than them? Absolutely, I do. You're smarter than Christopher Columbus. 100%. He circumnavigated the Atlantic Ocean. I could easily do that. You just use the stars. The new world. It's a star chart. If we you have can, those if charts you know all the time. The stars, then you know about meteors. No, they wouldn't. You don't think they knew about meteors in 1492? No, I don't. When Columbus sailed the ocean blue? I don't. You're wrong. I don't think they did. <laughs> and I think the dude. Was a racist. You know what? That's debunked, by whoa, the way. Whoa, whoa, First of all, do we need to get in this? Because I got into... Uh, so the other day... Columbus, What's debunked? He didn't find the world, first of all. Nobody said that he did. Quit acting like you know. But he did basically lead to the finding and settling of this new land, yes. Oh, yeah. There were other Europeans that had come here before. Correct. They believe that there was other Africans that have actually sailed before really? to this continent. Okay. There are um, people of African heritage that they believe sailed from Africa to South America and maybe even to the Caribbean. Um, so I'm not saying it was the first person here, but this whole like pile on it, like uh, liberal, like, Columbus was a horrible, evil human being that was full of... I think at the time, though, it was okay. It, it's not true, though. That's not true. There's How no evidence... Because I listened to Neil deGrasse Tyson to do a whole well, paper on it. because he would know. Well, he did the research, and he did a whole thing on it, speech on it. Um, it's, I could give a speech on anything, too. Okay. I'm saying that he researched it, and he tells the actual truth. Do you want to hear the truth? But you don't. Here's the thing: is like, how do you know it's the actual truth from of actual Columbus? writings of the time? So this whole idea that he was a monster, yeah, um, that's here. Like, it, there's not any basis for fact of that in the actual historical record of the time. There is one piece of written literature that talks about how he was a horrible person. One, one. It was written by his political rival Aha. at the time. Politics. and It, it was, always comes down And to it politics, wasn't even that it? bad because he was a politician or something. And it wasn't even that bad. But what happened is, so somebody started spreading whatever they wanted to say about him. Yeah, they're like, Chris is a dick. But then the next, so that guy writes an article. The next guy writes an article about the guy's article. Okay, now the third guy writes an article about an article about an article. Do you think it's just his name? No. Like Chris? I think like just the name Chris? I think it's rumor and hearsay. So people hear something, they repeat it, and then it's like the game of telephone. I agree. And then the next thing you know, people are saying, we shouldn't celebrate Columbus Day. It's, it's been huge this year. It's ridiculous. You need to listen to this Neil deGrasse Tyson thing. He maintains, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I think is a genius, by the way. Well, I mean, it's, that I think it's proven. Christopher Columbus coming to the New World is the single greatest achievement in human history. He thinks that single act had the greatest impact on the human beings as a species than ever before. Do you want to know why he says that? I do. Okay. During um, when the, you know, humans were young and we were migrating right. from all human Walking beings around. started in Africa. 
Right. And they started walking. So what happened is during after the Ice Age, um, the glaciers formed up, and there was a land bridge, the Bering Strait, coming yeah. from Russia to Alaska. Um, so they did this. from Asia, they came over, and they started populating the um, North America and so- Central America and South America, right? So Ice Age ends, ice melts, land bridge gone, Dead. oceans come up. We have two deviated Septums. human species. Like right? a, a septum. <laughs> deviated. We have two branches of the human species. Still the same species, but uh, separated completely. Right. Septum. Um, over time, they would have deviated into two complete different species, which happens all the time with animals. Sure. Um, what happened was with Christopher, and you know, yes, there were some Vikings that came to the New World first, but they didn't leave any sort of a impact, both genetically or in any sort of a way. They just kind of came and went, for the most part. I've got a, I've got a good story about a Viking. Christopher Columbus was the first, and he was the first person to connect uh, that continent landmass with this continent landmass. And introduced re-speciation of the two branches of the human species. But I thought the whole story was that somebody else before him had done that. You know, you're talking about like a Amerigo Vespucci or whatever his name is. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. I, I mean, other people had been here, but nobody had the effect that Christopher Columbus did at the time. He came here. He opened that route. He went back. He was a political advocate for that he came back and forth he did all kinds of things i mean it was a big deal i i agree with you it it began he also had a ufo sighting <laughs> uh, can we get back to aliens yeah that's listen what to the neil to degrasse tyson thing about christopher columbus and if you're walking around spouting ignorant ignorant information about christopher columbus like jerry is inform yourself well i just said that because i don't think he actually saw a ufo okay well, no, I should say he probably did see a UFO, an unidentified flying object, but I don't think it was a spacecraft. Okay, well, let's get back to what we're talking about. So what blew me away is that um, this guy was, uh, the whole Christopher Columbus thing, but this guy was saying that so many other people had seen the exact same thing that he did prior to him seeing it, but once he saw it, that's when they said, oh, yeah, we've noticed those. Yeah. We've noticed those things offshore, and a lot of them have come from the East Coast. I believe he was on the West Coast at the time, though, when he... He was on the West Coast. Yeah, he saw his. But on the East Coast, apparently a lot of these things were what they said was coming out of the ocean. Right. Which is incredible to me. Right, so I mean that so, that brings the next dimension to it. So I believe this guy, I believe the story, I believe some of the things they say about the story. I believe now that the government admits that real, so that's happening. And to me, it doesn't seem like it can possibly be a human technology because it would have been exploited by now. So where does that leave what, you? What, yeah, where do what do we where do we go from here? It leaves you with uh, wonder, aliens. Yeah. I mean, that seems like the most likely thing to me. Something else. However, I do, and I've always kind of felt this way, right? Um, I feel like if there are aliens that 
have visited this planet or are visiting this planet actively, man, it, it'd be they're doing a damn good job of not letting people know about it. But the thing is, when you start really looking past like the double standard of people thinking it's ridiculous, because there's a lot of freaking Looney Tunes, yeah, that believe in the UFO stuff. But when you start looking past that at some of the real like people and the real evidence and stuff like that, you're like, oh, maybe people do know this and we're just the ones that are like thinking it's all maybe we're ignorant to that knowledge i guess but if we are i mean the vast majority of people are i mean um i think that's possible but i mean let's it's beyond the scope of reality it's definitely a ufo i mean ufos exist i'm i'm sold on ufos yeah do you let's let's step it back do you believe there is extraterrestrial life so in the galaxy let's start there so before i really listened to this podcast i i would have said no i think really to to a point i think i would have said no yeah i I really think i would have why why would you say no because i didn't take it i didn't take any of the um the sightings as real like it none of it's i'm not talking about on earth i'm talking in the galaxy i know you believe there's any extraterrestrial i know that i didn't think of it in in that in that in that context before i really never really thought of it in that context before because any of the sightings on earth i always thought of as somewhat fictional somewhat like and certainly most are like just just grandiose stories of things people have seen Right. But I hadn't heard somebody at, like this guy. I just, I really didn't. And that's did, why I texted you as soon as I started that, listening to Did they go to in that depth on that couple from the 50s or 60s that had the abduction story? No. They were not, an, an interracial been. couple from the 50s. Um, so they had nothing to gain <laughs> yeah. from doing this. Um, and they were both abducted and then separately experimented on and then returned. And um, it was quite extraordinary. Um, they had basically the same stories of all the events, but told it multiple times over their entire lives separately and to, you know, in all different contexts and had nothing to gain from it. Lives were destroyed by it. Um, it was, that was an interesting case. Um, it's one that's cited a lot. But anyway, I've always been of the feeling without, I'm a, with almost 100% assurity in my mind that there's, extraterrestrial life i mean so now i I would agree i i think there has to be i mean the reality though is i don't know how there couldn't be there is almost zero chance whatever the statistics or the chance are that there's not extra that we're the only planet in the galaxy that has that has any sort of life life is so beyond near zero that it's almost incalculably small right so the universe is almost infinite well, I think they've infinite. already proven that there's life on other planets. I don't think they've ever proven that definitively. They've proven that there's the building blocks of life. Well, on there's other no planets. doubt about that. There's well, of course. I mean, there's only so many elements that make up our our universe, and they've found those. Yeah. So, so I mean, the point is, I don't know how to the, if the if the universe is uh, is so almost near infinite, right? Yeah. It, it, I don't think people necessarily can wrap their head around how 
gigantic. I mean, big that is. So, like, if you look up, you'll. I know. I have a hard time doing that. Trillions of say trillions. I don't know, billions, whatever. Uh, billions, millions of stars that you can see, right? And billions more you can't, right? Right. Every one of them is a sun with planets around it. Yes. That's what's... And that's only the small... What is that? A one one hundredth of one percent of a sliver that you can even see? This is getting so... It's so infinite. So It's so immense. You know, a lot of physicists believe that the universe is so massive that, ev- that we exist in every form possible. Like, everything exists... Like every decision that you make branches off. Like if there there's another part of this galaxy where there's two people named Jerry and Chris standing here doing this podcast, but they're both ducks. Like that exists. Could it could it, could it be that way? If you're going by statistics, it's almost a certain certainty that there is that because it's so vastly infinite. This blows my mind, so, dude. But, I can't handle this. I but can't my point handle is, it. If that's true and it's so big, right? And so vast. Um, the chance that there's no other life in the universe is almost it's none. Zero. It's, it's like zero, zero percent chance. So there is I'm gonna so, say definitely there's gotta be. And then on top of that, like we can see from this planet other planets, other planets. that have habitable atmosphere that are in what's called the Goldilocks zone. So yeah. they're the right distance from a star. Yep. And they probably have water. So we well, But they found they found a planet that is exactly like Earth. They found like 12 of them. Yeah, but there's one in particular that they found that has everything Earth has basically. I, I don't remember what they called it. Um And what's crazy is that like they find these planets that but, are like, "Oh, well, what would it take to go there?" and they're like um, 40 million light years, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's, a, a period of time that's in, in, impossible. And that's like in the one hundredth of 1% of the sliver of the universe we can even see. So here's, this is where it ties back to the ship that they found is that they're saying if it, if it's n- not bound by gravity in any sort of the word and is creating its own space, travel in a sense is unlimited. For that ship. Maybe, yeah. No, that's what they said in the show. In that episode, they said if it's... I don't know if I necessarily believe that, though. But if it's in its own space, if it's creating its own space, which has nothing in that space besides the ship, it's like carving a blank spot. There's no resistance. There's no... Maybe. I just have to... like What I don't understand um, is is the physics behind that. Yeah. But I'm sure a physicist can... Set tell whether or not that's plausible. So, but if that is plausible, and how it ties back to the whole Bob Lazar thing is like the the element in the thing that he was studying. He says he was studying. If that's a real thing, and we don't know how to recreate it at at this point, but if that's a real thing, and that's the propulsion that it uses, like it's infinite on what you could do. Right. Well, I mean, what, another crazy thing it, you got to understand too is like. What is we're, dark matter, right? Is but we're we're bound by physical limitations because of gravity. So like you can only go so fast through our atmosphere because things are pulling back on you. Right. If you have none of that, doesn't nothing matters. Right. Because they're like matter is 
there's no resistance against it. Nothing's pulling against it. You can go as fast as you want, anywhere you want, anytime you want. Well, and uh, there's so much too, because like I said, uh, like I was tra- saying is, uh, like what is like 70% of our uh, universe is created of dark matter and we don't even know what it is. And we don't even know what it is. We can't study. We can we, measure it. We've measured it, but you can't really study it. You can't. You, we don't even it. know what it is. Okay, so it's plausible that that's like most of our universe, right? And on top of that, it's like um, the whole quantum thing. So there was a quantum scientist. This is a separate podcast, but um, you know, like electrons, which are matter. I mean, they're yeah. parts of atoms, can spontaneously disappear and reappear. Right. They can teleport themselves through time and space in a fourth dimension. Right. And that's the building block of us. Of us. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it's there's something crazy about quantum... Um, mechanics? Quantum mechanics, where just by observing something or measuring it, or even just the fact that you're observing it changes the reality of of it. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like for us to sit here and say like oh that's not possible. So that's so arrogant to say like oh that's not possible. No, a, that's stupid. Here's oh, a, it's dumb. There's no such thing as aliens. Arrogant. That's a stupid thing to say because well, there's almost 100% certainty that there are is extraterrestrial life somewhere in this galaxy. The question is are they coming here? And right. why? And speaking of like affecting things, so in that matter, like we can't even. I just read a, a whole article about pool, playing pool, like hitting two balls against each other right. that hit each other. Um, they can't figure out. There is no calculation to figure out once it hits one pool ball and directs off to hit another. And then that ball ricochets, hits another and they can't figure out any of those calculations because it gets so immense. Right. Once they all start ricocheting off each other. Billions of possibles. Right. And they're saying the possibility of all of these things being affected by each other, it could honestly be affected. It is affected by how close you stand to the table, to the ball that is being hit will affect where it goes. Yeah. Everything will. Isn't that crazy to you? Yeah. Like when you stay, if a guy was standing next to the pocket that you wanted to hit a ball to, but it hit four different balls before that could affect if it goes in that pocket or not. Right. <clears throat> That's insane. Yeah. It's hard to, to like quantify that. I, I think it all comes down to, so I mean, if, so if we can't figure out where pool balls are going to go on a table because we're standing in certain locations, how are we going to figure out who's where and how they're getting there? Listen, I mean, we're apes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're monkeys, man. Right. We're just sacks of meat that a yep. hundred years ago we're, were domesticating animals to do work. Right. And I mean, we're so infantile look, in our look existence. Look where we've come in the last hundred years. In 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 our eyes, compared to the ten thousand years before that. But in our eyes, 
we've be, like in the last few generations, we've come leaps and bounds, like or a couple centuries. Well, we we've really come, have. I mean, like we, the totality of human achievement technologically has happened in like the last fifty years of like a hundred and fifty thousand years of you existence. Know, existence. Yeah, isn't that insane? Yeah, absolutely, it is. And. But still, to think we have even one semblance of an idea. I mean, I think that there's this problem that people have, that human beings have. I don't know if this is off topic. All I think we've been kind of on and off. Is like we all think that we're the center smarter of Smarter that we are. <laughs> smarter than we are. Yeah. The center of our universe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's like a psychological word for that. I don't remember what it's called. It's not confirmation bias. I think it's debito. <laughs> no, but there's it's a real thing that people think that they're average, like they think that they're above average. Everybody, every single person thinks they're like smarter than average. They think they're better than average. And they're really? not. Like nobody is. Like I think I'm a very average person. Most people think they're smarter than the average person. And most people are not. No, I guess I would agree with that. I do feel like that at some point. In the day. I mean, isn't that weird? Because you, you're sitting there thinking right now, as well as everybody listening to this, right. most people probably Who do think they're smarter than the average person. Hmm. I'm yeah. definitely smarter than the average person. But it's weird that most other people would think that because they're definitely not as smart as me. Every single person th- listening to this podcast right. right now is thinking that. You're thinking that right now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You know, it's a weird thing. Because you don't want to feel lesser than. It's not even that. It's you can't help it. Yeah. I would, I would agree. Because I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure there's a rare, you know, that's what I believe real intelligence is, is like, like being smart enough to know what you don't know, right? Being smart enough to know how dumb you are. Right. And not necessarily dumb in the sense of like. It's more of a perception. It's, it's like a it's perception, perception of what yeah. you are in in the now i guess you'd say like you have to understand everything around you at all times which we cannot do right but i mean my point to bring that up is just like you know how many people will sit there and say like well there's no such thing as aliens like do you know anything about it like do you know the probability that there's not extraterrestrial life in this universe is near zero do you know that um even even Neil deGrasse Tyson like we think of him as a genius does he know no he doesn't know nobody really knows he's got a lot better idea than most of people. course he has a lot better idea and there's we other people that got better ideas than him you know we don't actually know and we don't know because we're dumb apes but if you look at probability sacks of meat as if you, you look at math we we know. I mean, there's probably math. That's one thing that, you know, we don't even know that, but we know enough to know right. what we don't know, hopefully. So that's why I'm just saying, like, I believe that... Now, that, that doesn't change the fact that the main question is, if there is extraterrestrial life is irrelevant to the conversation. Because the conversation is, there is, say there is extraterrestrial life, how advanced are they? Do they have the capability to come here? And why would they come here? Or would they even want what, to come here? What's the purpose? Or what's the purpose? Or would they be? Why would they want to come here and hide it? So that's a whole separate issue because that is one that you can really speculate and be like, 
if you can sit here and say, okay, there's a hundred percent chance there's extraterrestrial life. Yeah. That doesn't mean there's a hundred percent chance that they'd come to here. Sure. Maybe it has they to be can. somewhere close. Why right? do we even have to assume that they can make it across a galaxy that is so infinite, mind you, that every one of those pool shots that you're talking about, the billions and trillions and quadrillions of yeah. possible paths, all of those things, all of those options are happening simultaneously in different parts of the universe. Right. Because it's so infinite. infinite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, if any of you have any like objective perception of this, I want to hear it. If any of you are on the same page as us, do you have proof? Like, what? I have just want to hear. Seen a UFO? Yeah, I want to hear have your you perspective ever seen a UFO? on this. I don't think so. No, no. There's I, certainly been many times that in my life that like I've thought like that's weird. That could be a UFO. But then I just would always make the assumption that it's like. See, I've always well, been blind to it. I think. I, I would I, just always make the assumption of like, oh, it must be something that I just don't know. Like, it must be some weird kind of plane. Or I've thought that. Like, I've thought like that'd be cool if that was a UFO, but it's clearly a plane. How many UFO sightings have happened since the invention of uh, consumer drones? Oh, I'm sure it's skyrocketed. Okay, I'm sure I'm, it's skyrocketed. It when planes, uh, there is a graph that shows like the skyrocketing of UFO sightings since airplanes have been invented, and it's like clear to see. Yeah, people are saying these things because there's more things in the air, and we I, I understand that stuff in the air. Yeah, but uh, I I don't know I I. I I personally haven't seen anything that I would say I thought was a UFO. No. No, I don't, I don't think I have either. I've, I've just seen things that I've thought like, that's weird. I wonder what that is. Yeah. I would just never make I've the assumption that, too, that it's a UFO. Yeah. No, I, d- I definitely I just, did not. I've seen things that I thought looked so strange that it could be a UFO, but I just always made the assumption that it was just something that I wasn't. You're not aware of. You're right. just, it's unexplainable to you. Right. Do but you, it's explainable to somebody else. Somebody else could explain so it to you. You believe in aliens. I think extra, I do. Extraterrestrials um, outside so. uh, in the universe somewhere. Yeah. yeah if there is, I, there's no saying that it's not just like bacteria or it's like, because um, there's a big jump from like. I don't like, think this whole like Tic Tac UFO sighting is bacteria. No, no, obviously not. But putting that aside, like, there's nothing saying that, like, oh, yeah, I believe in extraterrestrial life. I mean, there's, like, a 100% chance of that. So we just don't know what form that is taken. Because there's a big leap from, like, there's somewhere with, like, some fish-like creature on it. Yeah. To there's another place with, like, a type of advanced... Elephant. A type of advanced extraterrestrial that can circumnavigate the universe and show up here in weird... That's a big leap. You know right. what I mean? And who's to say that like any extraterrestrial life would look anything like what we're what even we familiar yeah, with? Yeah. Like there could be we're carbon based life forms, right? Atoms. There could be extraterrestrial life somewhere that is like gaseous. Hyd- it's like a gas hydrogen cloud, based. Or, yeah, or mm. it's like electrical based. Yeah. I mean, we don't even know. Like the silence in the library from Doctor Who. Yeah. We certainly have ideas of what's possible based on physics. I mean, we have a kind of an idea because that's like the only thing that we have 
ever found that like actually follows like a pretty rule rule that works is physics, which is all kind of fucked up now with quantum physics. Yeah. But again, all of these things follow rules and what's to say they have any. Like what's to say we anybody just, has are we rules? So, are, we, are we so stupidly ignorant? Yes, that we can't even see past that. Like we think that that like the world follows a certain set of mathematical or physical rules, right? Yeah, like the law of thermodynamics. Okay, like we it's roundly accepted as like there's no way to cheat that in our universe. It's part of reality, right? But. Maybe we're just so stupid. <laughs> right. Like, I we're we only existing in three dimensions. Do you, like, do you understand, like, this one, this one thing that always blows my mind. All right. Like, the, we have no understanding of the concept of time. Like, it doesn't even yeah. exist. It doesn't exist anywhere besides like, what we, this we've created. This whole thing, like, we live in this, like, linear timeline. That does not even exist in the real world. It only exists because it's our brains having to make sense somehow of existence. So we have only this limited capability of seeing time going from point A, beginning, to point B, to the end. And this is where you're at in that line. But that doesn't, that's nothing. That doesn't even <laughs> exist. Like yeah, it's, a, it's, not, it's, not, it's a nonlinear space time. I mean, it's... It's all relative. It's multidimensional. Everything's relative and dimensional. Yeah. And like, that's why I always think, and this, <laughs> this always brought me comfort. Um, I've had, you know, if you have people in your life that die or if you had friends that die and you're like, oh man, they're dead. Like that's over. It's in the past. They're gone. Like I'm moving forward now. They're gone. Right. I can't ever see them again. If you really sit down and think about it, like if you understand the physics of it, you're like, not really because there's like no linear time doesn't even exist. So, like, there is no beginning and there is no end. Right. Like, it's, it's just, it is. It's like a swirling existence. That's, that's just the only way that we can perceive it. This is wild. I can't, I can't physically perceive any of this. Like, even the conversation makes me, like, I can't grasp it. I can't grasp that. Yeah. Like, being, just being always. You know what I mean? Like, Regardless of if you and I are talking to each other. Well, think of it this way. If time... Or it, if I was like, quote unquote, dead. Are we? Is, yes, <laughs> we are. We are dead right now. And just being born and alive right now. Because time isn't know. linear. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's all things at one time. Like, it's all... That's not the way it works. <laughs> that's not the way it works in the physical universe. That's what's interesting about quantum mechanics because electrons have found a way to spontaneously move about that dimension, essentially, that we don't even have access to, to contemplate barely. Yet. Yet. We'll get there. (laughs) At some point, I think we will. Don't you? No, I don't. You don't don't think we'll ever get there as a species? No, no, no. I don't think our species... I mean... Look at we're 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 on a rocket ship towards AI, right? Yeah, and it's pretty clear. I mean, we're bound by a lot of physical limitations, human beings. Um, right. I think but it's it, I all think, barring it, it's all like 
it's all because of gravity. If we're talking about flight or anything, we're talking about a lot of limitations. So we're talking about entropy. We're talking about gravity. We're talking about on our body. It's because of gravity. But but it's also because to move anywhere. Yeah. Well, theoretically, yes. But we're also talking about entropy. I mean, we have lifespans. You know. Right. That's about to end. You know, in the next fifty years, that'll be over. Yeah. They'll be able to cure aging. They'll be able to cure every disease, basically. We'll be able to figure that out. You're saying within 50 years? Within 50 years, yeah. But then our lifespan. We might not be able to... Um, we might not be able to... Get it? Get it, but our kids will. You think so? I'm, yeah. But before that even happens, we'll be genetically engineering children to begin with. I mean, that's already happening in China. Yeah. Um, it's just it's frowned upon now, but right. it, will upon it will happen. It will happen eventually. Um, so there, there's that limitation. But you know, like AI doesn't have any of those limitations that we have. No, and not. there's no conceivable reason why down the road, even fifty, maybe a hundred years, we won't just be able to meld ourselves, our consciousness themselves, meld that all together with the AI. It's already happening. Cell phones are already an extension of you as a person. Right. It is. Um, and that's just a beginnings of the melding of human beings with AI. And that's what's going to allow us. And that's the, what, if there's a species or an alien race that came here, that's probably what they've already done. But the, but the question is, is, is if there's a consciousness, consciousness to that. So well, that's, I mean, that's a very, 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 you want to talk about a mind fuck, we can talk about consciousness, but... If there is, let's say, let's just argue in fact that um, we can get to a point where artificial intelligence can achieve consciousness, right? Yeah. So there's no reason why that, and at that point, we can't transfer our consciousness. Oh, absolutely. Or meld our consciousness with at that. At that point, you should be able to. Okay. So at that point, if it's essentially digital or it's light, why can't you beam your consciousness? Maybe they can. That's what I'm saying. Like... It follows, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that prevents any of that that we know of. Right. Now, there's a religious argument, I suppose. Um, but there's not a religious argument. I'll take that back. I'll walk that back. We don't know what consciousness is. Exactly. So that's, we, that's the point is like we don't know what it is. I think you don't know where it comes from. What, yeah. And, that, and there's been religions built around trying to say, hey, we understand what this is. And there's been science built around trying to say, hey, we understand what this is. But the reality was none of those organizations or people or anybody knows anything about that. There is a lot of really good uh, philosophers that will talk about consciousness. There was a, another one, a guy that talked on Joe Rogan about consciousness. And, uh, you know, he was making a lot of interesting arguments. Um, but yeah, in the end, nobody knows. No. Um. I, I think we've reached our time. And that's Chris. all, Jerry, if we're not already <laughs> in sorry. a simulation. I, right, and we could be. <laughs> like, what we're recording right now is a simulation of what we are, right? Um, if you believe that there's a potential future anywhere on the horizon, anywhere. Anywhere. A billion years from now, yep. right? Where the human race, AI, technology could get to a point where we could run AI simulations. 
So let's say we had to make a decision mm-hmm. about the path going forward for the human race. And we could say, hey, we got the such powerful computing powers. We can run an artificially intelligent simulation that will run through a billion years of human history from here to here. And that's going to tell us we're going to run a billion of those simulations. And it's going to show us what the best path was of all those simulations. And we're going to make that decision, right? That's the idea behind what that's why you would simulate something to begin with. So if you can believe that there's a potential future, even a billion years down the road, that we could ever get to a point as a species where that could happen. Yes. Then there's a near 100% chance that we're in that simulation already. Okay. Well, think about it. Yeah. Think about it. What are the odds, if you live in a universe where the idea that a simulation is possible, if you you will accept that fact that that that's a possibility. Well, then... Then you're in the simulation. Well, th- there's only two possible things, right? Yeah. And that's that you're part of the one original right. that got to the point where they could create the technology to run simulations, or you're one of the billions of simulations. So the chance that you're the first... Is one in a billion. You know what I mean? Or trillion. Yeah, no, I get or it. Or quadrillion. That, or however many simulations are possible. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever the simulations are possible, you're one of them. Possible. I mean. From the, one to a trillion. It doesn't chan- matter. Yeah. For the chance that you're somehow magically part of the re- one reality that we're chugging towards that potential future. Because you understand. In all those simulations, they're going to simulate all of history from the Big Bang or from right, 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 whatever right. point you want to simulate, you know, whatever thing you're simulating for. And you're simulating every aspect of reality. So, like I said, if you believe that that's a world where there's even a possibility that simulations could occur, then most likely we're in one. That's wild. I can't handle this stuff. I can't I think, even think about it. Like, I don't... I can think about it, but I just, I don't even know how to speak on it. Think of all the glitches in life, like ghosts right. or UFOs, whatever, or aliens or weird things that happen like or deja vu. Think, think like, about that. That could all just be part of a mishap, a misfire in a computer code in a simulation. But even if you think about like something smaller, like something so much simpler, like ants, there could be an ant that never leaves the colony, right? Like in our life or in their life. Could be an ant that never leaves their colony, knows nothing other than their colony, never goes up to the surface. Like, is that the same thing we're in? You know what I mean? Like, where you're just stuck inside of this colony and you know it to be your life and nothing other than that. And then they think, like, wow, these guys go up a tunnel. I wonder where they go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I know it sounds ridiculous when you talk about ants and it's weird, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like, they don't know any different than what they're doing at the moment, and they have a job to do, and that's what they do. Like, we're living our life, and this is what our life is, and this is what we do. We know nothing other than that. Yeah, just complete ignorance. It's complete ignorance of everything around you, and it's only because we don't have the capability to know any better. 
<laughs> we don't. Right. Well, I mean, we can try. You can, and we are trying. Yeah, and, I mean, and we have people that are are much more intelligent than I. And we and have been ourselves are trying. I, I mean, think about what the average person knew just two hundred years ago. Just us speaking of it is trying to understand better than 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 where we're at. Right. But we don't have the capability between you and I right now to figure that out. Like we never, we won't, we won't ever. Yeah. You and I will never have that capability to know if a hundred trillion light years away, there's another Chris and Jerry having a podcast that are ducks. I mean, I don't know if I can agree that there's no way we can know that because you and I right now, I mean, 30, like even in 30 it's years or 40 years, that's just statistics. So you take such but a vast, 30, but in 30 or 40 years, that means nothing in the scheme of infinity. infinity. Exactly. That's what I mean. We, so we won't, so all you the have probability is, is the that probability. we will not find that out. No, we won't. Yeah, I mean that's um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the probability is such that we can already assume it to be true. Right. But I want to know the other Chris and Jerry that are having a podcast that are ducks. That's never gonna. I mean, you're never gonna know that. <laughs> I know, and that's that's wild. Like we will never know it. Yeah, but we're connected. We can assume it's true, but you'll because never know it. All that Chris, the duck, Chris and Jerry, and us. Yeah, we all are made of the same matter, formed from the same star. Yeah, we're all quackers. You know? No, we were all formed from the initial matter from the Big Bang. Not necessarily, because there's different galaxies. But I'm like not, all of those were created from something no, else. No, no, right? no, 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 no. So the one single Big That's Bang it. created all of the universe. Everything, as far as we know. The only theory. I mean, we have we have the. They've mapped out as far as we know, right now. Like that yeah, but, is in, what we consider infinite, but they know what's beyond, or they know there's something correct. beyond that. Well, no, they don't know that there's anything beyond that. No, they know that there's something beyond that. We no. just haven't mapped it. Well, oh, you mean like what's observable? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can only see like a mil- hundredth of 1% of 1%. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. It's But we know how big it is. I mean. No, the, we don't know how no, big it is. we don't know how big it is because I think it's near infinite. But we know at the rate of it, which is expanding. Like that is a, a mathematical equation that we do know. The rate that it's expanding yeah the universe is expanding still okay. from the initial big bang like it's still growing yeah growing and it's already near infinite what's on the outside of what where it's growing um i mean nothing, nothing. the idea i mean there are other theories right that that there are several um of the same universes that are like bubbles off each other. So there's like bubble universes, and they, there's theories about black holes and things like that. So there's other theories that there's infinite universes. So our universe is infinite, but there's infinite universes. I can't. I can't handle this. I don't even know. It's like taking a black sheet of paper and just putting specks on it and saying all of those are universes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Except just color the entire paper white and say every white speck is another universe. <laughs> That's insane. And then like and then like 
throw that in a gallon of milk. <laughs> then like throw that. Why does it have to be white? Five gallon bucket That's of white paint. A typical whitewashing, Chris. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna save a zinger to blow your mind for the next show, but um there's another really heady thing that I heard on a podcast that it's pretty mind. mind okay. Boy. Well, we'll talk about it next time. Maybe we'll at, make a new segment. This is this has been a very long episode of Snarf Talk. What is it? Two hours and 23 minutes oh, at man. the moment. We didn't even get to what we're watching. We didn't. No. I didn't get to talk about my new favorite fall TV show. You told me you didn't think we'd have enough content for two hours. Aliens. I, it's, it's, you can talk about it forever. Yeah, I know. All right, guys, though. Check us out at uh, patreon.com slash snarfcomics. Go on there. Subscribe. Get extra content, extra uh, podcast material. Yes. You can also get our podcast on snarfcomics.com. You can subscribe for uh, as little as a dollar. One dollar. But yeah, check us out at snarfcomics.com. All our podcasts are there. Um, we also are on YouTube, youtube.com slash snarfcomics. Yeah, check out our you YouTube, guys, because you can see every YouTube, yeah, or you can see every video, or wow. Every podcast that we have in video. In color, too. So everything we're talking about, whatever I'm doing, if it sounds funny, you can watch it on YouTube and see me or Chris act a fool. Act a fool. Um, head on over to the Apple Podcast app and leave a five-star review. Send us that review. Five. To info at snarfcomics.com with your address. We will send you a sticker and we will read your comment live on the podcast. I guess it's not live, but we'll read live it on the, on the pre-recorded episode of Star You Talk. two can be just like Jerry O'Connell. You could be like Jerry O'Connell. Who and is a huge be, fan of the podcast. It could be hungry like a wolf. Left us a review. That could be you. Also we, follow us at Snarf Comics on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you would like to be a part of the Snarf Talk community world um, and contribute to our social media or to our blog on snarfcomics.com. We have one. We would love to have you. If you are in the mood to write something, a review of your favorite movie perhaps, or maybe a retrospective on the state of euphoria in possum brains when they eat (laughs) wild berries. Yeah, we'll take that. We would. If you want to write something, if you want to write we'll something, publish it. yeah, we'll pop, put it, we'll, we'll put, put it, it right up on it. our blog. We might even give you a few bucks if it's good. Yeah. So uh, if, if you want to contribute, you can uh, gladly help us out with our social media or our blog or um, anything like that. So yeah, hit us up. That would be really great. We're trying to get this blog thing to take off. We need more content writers. So like, uh, for example, one of our listeners and a good friend of ours, Ian Hicks, right? Loves Sven Gulli. He does. Write something about Sven Gulli. If you wrote a blog article about Sven Gulli, we'll put it on the blog. It would be awesome, man. You know how many people would read that? We share it um, across social media. We advertise it. I mean, it's cool. It's a good idea. It is a good idea. And I would love if you did that. Yeah. Ian, do that. Write a mystery, Ian. Yeah. Write something about Sven Gulli because I want to know more about him, too. I've been, I haven't really watched him that much. Berwin. See, I don't even get that reference. You don't get that reference? He's always making fun of Berwyn. The town, Berwyn. Oh, okay. He's from Chicago, man. No, I know that. He's making fun of Berwyn. I get it. They throw rubber chickens. 
I know that they're rubber chickens. I knew that. I knew he had a goofy mustache. All right, guys. Uh, we've come to the end of our time for Snarf Talk this week. I've been Chris. I'm Jerry. See ya. Bye.